You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. Mornings with Matt White, right here on SEN. It is. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. It's Thursday, the 9th of March, wherever you're listening on the SEN Network, 1170am here in Sydney, across the network via our SEN app. Thanks for your company this morning. The weather for the Sydney listening area, top of 28 in the city, 29 in the west. Uh, We need to hook straight in because we've got a very busy three hours ahead. In fact, I don't think three hours is going to do it today. We've got a test match starting uh, between Sri Lanka and New Zealand, that one in Christchurch. So uh, New Zealand have chosen to field first. So they won the toss and they've sent Sri Lanka into bat. It does have ramifications on what may or may not happen over there in India Um, because if Sri Lanka win that series and India don't win this final test, then that puts the World Test Championship final in a little bit of a different picture. I'll get to that in just a sec. We are looking for our best caller of the day, as we've been doing this week. 1-300-01-1170. Pick up the phone. You know what? If you're in Sydney and you want to have a bleat, go for it. doesn't need to be sport. We are caught up in that mess last night with the trains. Do you want to vent on that one. I'm I'm happy to take that. Just just go for it. You got to go through Tommy first. But if you're the best caller on the day, you can put that into perspective. I'll give you a double pass to the Supercars Newcastle 500, the opening round of the Championship Series and a brand new era for the Supercars Championship. And don't forget live from midday this Sunday we begin our coverage of the Supercars of 2023. So SEN full coverage in fact, we'll have a team trackside, a uh, whole stack of news coming your way. Aaron Noonan, James Moffat, part of the team as well, live from midday this Sunday on the SEN app and on the SEN network. But you've got to be the best caller of the day, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Now, you know the drill by now. We've been together for a while. So you give me a call, we'll do everything we can to drop what we're doing and take your call. Everybody's busy, we get that. But let's have some fun on this Thursday morning because you know what? It's on like Donkey Kong in the world of sport. Just two weeks ago, we were sitting here saying, this is the most vacant week that's on our calendar at the moment. As in, there was no rugby league. Um, We were sitting around. I don't think the test was on. We were sort of sitting around going, what the hell are we going to watch? Well, now, how the hell are we going to watch it? You got round two of the NRL. We've got test cricket starting today both in New Zealand and in India. We've got football all around the world and right here uh, in in our backyard. Supercars, as I mentioned. The NBL Championship Series, that kicks off again tomorrow night. The Players' Championship this morning where Cameron Smith, golfer Cameron Smith, won't be there to defend his title. That's going to start in a couple of hours' time. So we'll follow all that. So on that, our winner-winner chicken dinner on a Thursday morning. Thanks to Char Grill Charlie's. I want to know who wins the headlines across the weekend. 
Think of all the sport that we've got and think of all the great players and great characters that we've got. Who wins the headlines? Now, let me put this into perspective and we'll chat to Billy Walters from the Brisbane Broncos a little bit later on in the program. Think about the poor old Bronx. They, <laughs> they come to Sydney in round one. They beat the defending premiers, the two-time defending premiers, at home by a point. Not too many people had given them much of a chance for 2023 and or against Penrith. They win by a point. Incredible scenes. Yes, we've got the headlines. No, Dolphins get the headlines. Dolphins come in, beat the Roosters. They win the headlines. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Well, it kind of was a chicken dinner for them. What happens in cricket? Say Australia beat India. Well, we're guaranteed of a place in the World Championship final. Does Sri Lanka get all the headlines if they knock off New Zealand? Or does Albo just get the headlines for being there with his Indian Prime Minister mate who's got 84,999 other mates with him? In golf, the Players' Championship. Tiger's playing on this weekend. He's not playing. Does he get the headlines anyway? I heard a report from Michelle Bishop saying there might be trouble in Tiger Town again. Um, so say Rory McIlroy wins the Players' Championship or somebody else does and Tiger gets the headlines. Sometimes you can be the winner-winner chicken dinner, but you don't get all the glory. You do on this program. Our best texter of the day or best texters will get vouchers to Char Grill Charlie. So I've got 10 to give away. Send in your best text and let me know who wins the headlines this weekend and why, or who should win the headlines uh, this weekend. And we can roll that into Tommy's uh, Tribune a little bit later on. Thanks to Char Grill Charlie's home of Australia's best Char Grilled Chicken and Chips. You're on the phone early. Let's get on to it straight away. one 1170 Frank from Blakehurst is on the line. Good morning to you, Frank. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Do you want to talk sport or, or trains? Oh, mate, trains. Just that you mentioned you wouldn't mind hearing some stories about the disaster last night. Look, I, I, I waited at uh, Martin Place for about 45 minutes for a train to come, which is, you know, I understood that that's yeah. okay, and, and I got on a train. Mate, we got to Central, and it stopped, and a young woman comes over the uh, communications saying, look, I've been working for five hours, and I'm really tired, so, unfortunately, the train's not going anywhere until we get a staff changeover. And, mate, this, this train was packed. Like, people were, like, they, they wouldn't let any more people on. And she said she'd been working for five hours, but she, we, we weren't going to move the train until she could be replaced. She needed a break. Now, mate, you think about it in those five hours, two of those hours, she wasn't doing anything because the trains weren't moving. Yeah. It, it, it was disgraceful. It was, so that, that would have held up every other train on the network for another 30 minutes at least last night. Wow. So I, sorry, I just need to vent about my Karen oh, experience last night. Mate, you can, you can vent galore. Is it my, hang on, isn't it my understanding that communications was the problem yesterday? Wasn't there some sort yeah. of fault in the communication system? Yeah. And here we yeah, are. Yeah, that was a network. Yeah. Yeah, here we are getting Sorry. told by a communications um, correspondent, essentially, that she's been that she's been working a little bit too long and tired. Is that legit? Is that fair, Dinkum Frank? Mate, I, I'm not making it up. There, <sighs> there, you, you could, no, so this train was the waterfall service at six o'clock last night. Yeah, and mate, I'm telling you, it was packed to the rafters. Every it, and as we were stopped at Central. There were like literally hundreds and hundreds of people 
they were all just filming the people who were on the train because they could not believe how packed it was. And we were sitting there because this girl, this woman, uh, was upset that she'd had to work for five hours and she was prepared to keep the entire network oh, stalled dear. for 30 minutes. It was incredible because no oh. other trains could come and go. We were at Central Station. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Wow, that's that's blowing me away. I didn't expect that one, mate. You know the weirdest thing? I, I spent some time in the UK um, over the Christmas period, sort of over there, and I've been there p- plenty of times, and I'm sure plenty of our listeners know just how smoothly it runs over there. They they have their dramas, but, you know, here I was jumping on and off the underground just willy-nilly, and, and it just works so smoothly. And here we have this kind of situation in our own backyard. It is bizarre. Thank you for having your vent. Um, appreciate it. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you a Signet uh, Boost Power Pack and we'll keep, make sure that if you are stuck in that situation again, that everything's charged up and you can listen to us as well. And I'll put you in the draw, Frank. So go back to Tommy. I'll put you in the draw for that double pass to the Newcastle 500. There's a way to start our day. Best caller of the day, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. I'm feeling your pain out there, Frank. That is an absolute Barry Crocker. And we're looking for... The winner, winner, chicken dinner of this day, the week, in fact. Who wins the headlines? Now, NRL, tonight, of course, it gets underway. Panthers v Rabbitohs at Bluebet Stadium. Get this, the last time Penrith lost two in a row was back in 2021. It was middle of the season, round 13 and 14 against the Tigers and the Sharks. The last time Penrith lost their opening two rounds of the season, 2016. That year, seven years ago, they lost to Canberra and Canterbury in the opening two rounds. It it just adds even more weight to what may uh, unfold there at Bluebet Stadium this afternoon. Ivan Cleary looks pretty chilled, as he always does. I liked his, uh, his comment in regards to Luttrell's comment about the old cracks in the windscreen for the Panthers. I don't know. To ask Luttrell, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. You know, I think... We've had a really good pre-season, been, small, been short. Yeah, and we've done plenty of things right. Uh, we did last last week, but also not really to the standard that we want. So, And, yeah, the Bronx were good enough to win that game. But um, other than that, no. I don't think we need any extra motivation, but, yeah, potentially that could. At the moment, like, we're just, you know, we're really just focusing on you know, getting our own game right and, and going after the game and, you know, seeing as a great opportunity to get our season going. He's a cool customer. He's a very, very cool uh, and and calm approach and, and mature head. Obviously, we, we know the Ivan Cleary story right now. It's fascinating, isn't it, to think that Latrell Mitchell... Now, I don't, I don't know if if that was a pre-planned statement or not, or if it was just Latrell being Latrell and he just says that in a way it goes, it's fascinating to think that that simple comment like that can be jumped on and turned into motivation, a story, the works. Latrell says this. I, I, I get the feeling that Latrell's just sitting back laughing at all of this going, I don't know, I just, it just, I just said it. Or if it was a bit of pre-planned niggle-niggle, um, win-a-win-a-chicken-dinner style, then he's played it beautifully. But I'll tell you one thing, Latrell, you've given us about two or three days' worth of good fodder, so thank you for that. Back to the open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 John from Harrington Park. What do you got, John? G'day, Matt. How are you, mate? Yep. Uh, I was going to say that, uh, that uh, rail worker who said she was tired needs a co-worker like Jerome Blue-Eye to tear strips off her, mate. <laughs> The old, the old stand-up stoush, a, a bit of hard talking, you reckon, would have, yep. would have been good. Uh, mate, can you imagine if that was 
if that was captured on CCTV then? Does that go viral? Exactly. Oh. Exactly, mate. Oh, what a what a classic that is. Oh. It's, it, she's still on the job. She should see you later. <laughs> I don't know. Mate, my head's scratching. I mean, we only just started the show and I'm, I'm trying to still work out trying to how, to how to process that. It's it's bizarre that we can get to this stage in this day and age to think um, that that stuff can still happen. But, but it does. It does. And it affects a heck of a lot of people. So as much as we can, um, we've got a good sense of humour on this program and on this station, but we can have a good laugh about it. But I, I wasn't in the middle of it and I would have... I would have been looking to tear strips off somebody, but yeah, do we do we enact the Jerome Luai Jamin Salmon clause here? Um, all right, folks, let's have a nice hard conversation. In fact, let's just tear strips off each other, <laughs> toughen up Buttercup, and let's move on. On your John, thank you, mate. Uh, we'll put you in the draw for the best caller of the day. See, that's what we want. We want answers. We want answers to this. So the old uh, we had a fault in the system. It should have transpired over to another um, default setting. It didn't. We're now doing an investigation. The investigation will hopefully determine why and uh, this won't happen again. Or you ring up John. John, what do we do? John says, mate, why don't you go and get, watch a video of uh, Salmon v. Luai and maybe get your two workers into a, a bit of a stoush like that and they can sort it out. And then we don't all have to stand around trying to get home and be inconvenienced. Tomorrow night, uh, the Eels have the Sharks and the Broncos have the Cowboys in round two. As I mentioned, Brisbane hooker Billy Walters will join us a little bit later on in the program. That spine, that spine for the Bronx. Gee, it's something now. Reese Walsh slots into fullback. So he's back at the Broncos in the number one jersey. Ezra Mann, um, Billy Walters, and of course, Adam Reynolds. We'll do the final say this morning on round two, as we'll do all season on a Thursday with Brett Kamali. Now, Blake Ferguson wants the game to pay for his broken nose. The Rugby League Players Association, back in January, under the current CBA, the one that they've, they're still operating on, has 12 months to have any surgeries and rehabilitation paid for that will help fix the injuries they suffered during their career. So we know that when Blake Ferguson finished his career here, he went off overseas. On Instagram last night, this is what Blake Ferguson said. After 15 years in the NRL system, playing 249 games for four NRL teams, winning a grand final, seven games for the Kangaroos, nine games for the Blues, winning the Harry Sunderland medal in brackets, players player for Kangaroos, and breaking my nose over eight times, you think they would fix it. As I dedicated my life and body to the game. But no. I've been told because I went to Japan and England and it has been over 12 months since his last NRL game that I'm not eligible for the medical treatment to fix it. So a couple of questions here. And we have a lot of tradies listen to our program. We have a lot of hard workers listen to our program. We all work hard. And I know exactly what a lot of those are going to say. My knee stuff, my back stuff, my wrist is stuff. Do they pay for it for me? No, they don't i got a couple of issues with this in the way that Blake Ferguson's approaching this. Now, I'm not a player in the game. I haven't been a player at NRL level, and I haven't worked under their CBA. Number one, the CBA that he was employed under is pretty clear. It's 12 months. You go overseas after you've finished, that 12 months expires, 
guess what? You're no longer covered by the CBA. If you've got a problem with that, Blake, take it to court. Don't take it to Instagram. All you're doing is stirring shit. So take it to court if you've got an issue with it. That's what everybody else would have to do. Number two, breaking my nose over eight times, you'd think they would fix it. Is it the game's fault? Is it the game's determination that they would fix it? Why does the game have to fix something that happened to you? They would fix it? What else do they have to fix? If you get a flat tyre next week, does the game have to fix that? I mean, let's be fair dinkum about this. Now, you can put out there how much money these players earn and their conditions, and it's a brutal sport. We get all of that. All of that makes sense. But my question here is, does the game owe Blake Ferguson? Or does Blake Ferguson owe the game? Where does it end? Is this a matter of a player saying, hang on a second, here I am on Instagram, I'm going to stir it up, I'm going to lay out my resume, which is great. That's fantastic. And sure, this is a very different employment scenario, but he's also under an employment agreement that expires under this part after the 12 months and when you go overseas and you decide to go play over in Japan, which he didn't get to do, and in England in the Super League. So that's the scenario. There's no new CBA around this at the moment. But the question here is, how much does the game owe Blake Ferguson or does Blake Ferguson owe the game? What about all the volunteers in the game who give up all of their time, all of their effort? What what does the game owe them? Does the game need to fix up their problems? I mean, this is a really interesting scenario. Let me know your thoughts around that. 0457 736 736. As I mentioned in cricket, Australia v India starts today at 3 o'clock. Our coverage here on SEN from 2.30. If India win, they guarantee their spot in the Test Championship final. An Australian victory would make the series 2-all and it could open the door for Sri Lanka to steal that place in the final. That's if India lose and Sri Lanka beat New Zealand 2-zip. Virat Kohli, get this, the last time he made a century was November 2019. Now, it's damn hard to make a century on those wickets and those conditions over there, but the last time he made a half century was 2022, January, um, his last 15 innings. He's missed out on a half century. We'll cover that with Bryce McGain this morning. As I said, the final say with Brett Kamali, Billy Walters joining us, Chris Nelson with race tips for the weekend and from Sydney FC, Anthony Caceres. We're looking for our best caller of the day with a pass to go to the Newcastle 500. And if you'd like a voucher to Chargrill Charlie's, let me know who wins the headlines this weekend on our winner, winner, chicken dinner Thursday. Uh, Stuart on the text line says, maybe Frank might be able to catch the train to Newcastle tomorrow. Yes. Well, Frank was our first caller of the day, so he's certainly in the running. We've got, uh, we've got his details. He's got himself a Signet Power Bank uh, to keep everything all charged up. But the best caller of the day on 1300 01 1170 will get that double pass up to the supercars in Newcastle on the weekend. Uh, we did forget Tim Zhu. Uh, Matty, you forgot Tim Zhu when you threw everything out there. Rugby league, test cricket, football, supercars, the lot this weekend, NBL. Um, we've got everything, yes, and Tim Zoo on Sunday night. But thank you, Stuart. Shout out for Frank to uh, be in line. Well, he's in line for best caller of the day. So too is John. You want to jump on the phone? I've got that double pass to go. Uh, good morning. All oh, last night I got caught out by the train disruption, says uh, Tony from Ingleburn. 
I bombed out playing Texas poker and headed off to the nearby station. Blank screens and three trains, partially occupied, rolled past. Whilst the whole time the pre-recorded message pumps out every 90 seconds due to technical issues, blah, 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 we'll keep you updated. The thing was, the tone of the voice was way too delightful for such an annoyance. Yeah, no. You good old yeah, nah. So appropriate in this one. Uh, thank you, Tony. Um, let's send you out a voucher to Char Grilled Charlie's. We've got 10 of them this morning. So, Tony, Tommy's all over that. Home of Australia's best Char Grilled Chicken and Chips and also the headline winner of the week. We'll be doing round two's uh, final say with Brett Kamali this morning. Some absolute bonanza matchups. I mean, what a way to start it this evening. Panthers v Rabbitohs. Needs no introduction. That one, the Eels and the Sharks tomorrow night. The double header rolls into the Broncos and the Cowboys. So from Combank Stadium up to Suncorp Stadium. And then Saturday afternoon, the Roosters. A lot of eyes at Allianz Stadium to see how they go against the Warriors. The Dolphins, it'll be a sellout. It is uh, up there in Redcliffe. And they'll take on the Raiders. I mean, think of the storylines as you go through this. I've just mentioned the, the blockbuster that starts tonight. The Eels and Sharks. Again, that writes itself. Broncos and Cowboys, the Queensland Derby, all four Queensland teams winning last week. Roosters and Warriors. What have the Roosters got after their clunky start? The Dolphins and Raiders, Bennett v. Ricky Stewart. Storm and the Bulldogs on Saturday night. West Tigers and Newcastle Knights, both looking for a win. And Dragons make their first appearance of the season against the Titans with the Manly team having the bye. That's all ahead of us just in rugby league. But who wins the headlines? Which sport or which player, which athlete, which coach? Who wins the headlines? 0457 736 736. Back after this with Noddy after the news. Yes, Joel Kane, Tim Manor and Brett Kamali with the call from Bluebet Stadium. Panthers v Rabbitohs, SEN League live here tonight. So coverage from 7 o'clock. And, of course, the match gets underway at 8 o'clock. The absolute best in the business bringing you all the latest news. Panthers v Rabbitohs. Uh, on the line for our final say on this Thursday morning. So it's a long day for you, Brett Kamali. Noddy's on the line. Good morning, mate. Good morning, Noddy. How are you, buddy? I'm good, thanks. Now, listen, before we dig in game by game, as an ex-player, I just want your take on uh, the, 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 the stuff that we see around Blake Ferguson this morning. And, and I've had my say about it. I, I just wonder what does the game owe Blake Ferguson or does Blake Ferguson own the game? So where do you sit with what responsibilities the game has once an athlete finishes his time in the game and essentially the CBA that he was playing under and those conditions expire when it comes to this. Yeah, that's right. Well, the CBA would be extremely different to what they're trying to get in the future. But um, as far as I'm aware, the, the current rules are football club has to look after the player for 12 months after he has retired or finished playing at that football club. So whoever Blake Ferguson's last football club, which probably would have been the Paramount Eels, he had 12 months to get everything fixed and repaired and, and, and be able to go on with life and get better. Um, I can see both sides of the fight here. Um, Blake, obviously, as you said, has played a long, long time. He's represented his country and his state um, and probably feels like he's entitled to be looked after forever. I think a few other codes, do look after their players forever. So once yes. you play one test match for Australia, for a cricket player, I think it is, they get they effectively get looked after for life um, type of thing. So, yeah, it, it's there's no right, there's no wrong. Um, you know, I suppose if you, if you leave the football club or leave rugby league to go and play rugby union, well, then 
effectively you cut off your ties with rugby league as well. So you know you then become a rugby union player. So it, it's right and wrong um, how you look at it. But you know Blake Ferguson is going to think he should be supported, and I suppose Parramatta, if that's a club, will be thinking, well, we've done everything in our CBA that says we we protect you for 12 months, we'll look after you, and give you as many surgeries as you require, and after that you're on your own. It's interesting too that that. CBA is, as we know, well and truly on the table. And these are the kind of things that they're digging into um, rather heavily at the moment. In fact, there's a there's a way of, there's a train of thought that perhaps this is the issue that might sit on the side of the table here. They get all of the other stuff done, Noddy, in the CBA, yet they park this one for further discussion and further development. So I, I, I agree with you. I mean, my, my question around this is, and you just used the word there, but not in the phrase that I'm about to use it, but entitlement. Uh, I think there's a sense of entitlement here, but you operate under the rules that you that you sign under, and if those rules expire and if you've got a problem about it, then you, you go off, you don't throw it out there in, in the public's face saying, this is what I'm entitled to because I played the game. Um, I think we can see both sides of it. I, I just don't like the way that it's, it's going around. Thank you for your thoughts on that. Now, um, let's have a look at round two, mate, because there, there are so many storylines here. You could write a book just on round two, but how do you think this all plays out tonight? Um, the Panthers don't make it a habit of losing two in a row, especially at the start of the season. No, that's right. And that's probably, I think if you think about Penrith's success the last couple of years, they've won, Potentially 90 to 95% of all their games have been the powerhouse. They've won premierships. They've played in the grand final. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm surprised they've started 0-2, um, St. Helens, and then obviously last week's loss at home. And that's two losses in their home venue in front of their own crowd. So we are aware, though, that they're a different side than what they've had the last few years. They've had a, a, a few really key players taken away from them. So um, it brings them back to the pack. Um, it's exciting to watch. If you're, if you're a competitor now and you're playing against Penrith, that little bit of fear or that little bit of, oh, we're going to Penrith Park to play and we're unbeatable, um, that's gone now. So I said I think tonight will be great. Um, you know, South Sydney, as you said, who have started the Charity Shield on absolute fire. Um, I, I don't know if Souths are riding under the radar a little bit, but I, I thought Penrith would go backwards a bit. I thought Melbourne would go backwards a little bit. Um, I thought uh, Parramatta would go backwards a little bit from losing players from last year. Um, South Sydney actually didn't lose. I don't think many players... I think Mark Nichols is the only one I can think of that has left South Sydney. So it's just hidden under the radar a little bit there and just and come through. So they might be a little dark horse. I think the Roosters are the favourites, but maybe South Sydney should be spoken at a higher level than what they and probably what we thought before last week and now that we know how close this competition is. Does a lot of this figure around the number seven seed, Nathan Cleary, obviously, but Lachlan Elias, I mean, he was fantastic in the opening round and, and could well be the key to the to the 2023 Premiership run of the Bunnies. Yeah, it's a good challenge, isn't it? He was great last week, Lachlan Elias. Um, he's developing into a game controller, a genuine number seven, and a great tackler as well. But um, they made a pretty big decision, the, the South Sydney Football Club, two years ago to say, no, no, we're not going to sign Adam Reynolds for a long, or not a long deal, but a three or four year deal, and we're going to invest in this kid because that's how the salary cap forces you to look after it. And now they're showing that it was the right business decision. So um, he struggled a bit last year, Lachlan. Obviously, he went through some tough lessons. He got benched a few times. He got replaced. And um, he showed some huge resilience. So I think it's going to be a great test. And you know, being a... I think it doesn't matter what position you play, but as a former half, if you're playing against someone who is the best in the game at the moment, Nathan Coop, you're excited. You can't wait to play against him. You want to drill against him. You want to watch what he does. You want to learn from him. And you want to hopefully walk off with the two points and go, yeah, you know what? I'm actually playing okay at the moment. <laughs> Panthers or bunnies then? 
I'll go bunnies, actually. I'll tip the bunnies. Okay. Rabbitohs to win that one. Eels and Sharks. This is going to be an interesting one uh, to tomorrow night. So the Eels came close uh, against the Storm. And, of course, the Sharks without Nico Hines, they went down to the Rabbitohs in that first round. So that's tomorrow night at Combank Stadium. Yeah, I think I think Parramatta win. I thought they were very good last week. They just probably blew it the last couple of minutes when it came to time to kick the field goal. So that was probably the fastest game of the round last weekend. Um, pretty physical. We know Parramatta's style looked like it's going to be exactly the same as what it was last year. Um, no Nico Hines for Cronulla. I just think they struggle a little bit with creativity when Nico doesn't play. So they might might not get a heap of points against Parramatta. So we'll tip Parra at home. Parra at home. Broncos and Cowboys. I'll catch up with Billy Walters a little bit. Uh, later on, it's interesting, isn't it? The Broncos beat the Panthers in round one, and you're thinking, wow, the Broncos are going to dominate the headlines. And then little brother, little little brother comes along, and the Dolphins um, claim all the headlines. But this is going to be interesting to see how the Broncos, um, if, if they can keep that momentum going. The Cowboys got the job done as well. So we've got two teams here who won by one point in the opening round. And Reese Walsh is a big in for the Bronx back at, uh, back at Brisbane and in the number one jumper. Yeah, that's right. Well, at least next week we can't be talking about four winning Queensland sides, can we? That's a, it is a positive for us here in New South Wales. It's a great clash. Obviously, the, these, these games have been, you know, they've been draws, they've been field goal um, winners over the last few years. Um, the, the Cowboys were great last week. They've obviously, under Todd Payton, have gone through leaps and bounds and become a very consistent football side. Um, they had a bit of a lull last week, the Cowboys. I thought there was a period where they switched off and, and got a bit comfortable, so I'm going to say the Broncos will win this. And as you said, Reese Walsh is a huge in for them. They've got all the excitement, all the all the buzz, and all the hype, and all the fun back back in Brisbane. Um, they've had a couple, you know, Brisbane have had a couple of tough years, but um, you know, I, I think Brisbane win. I think this is a great game. This, this should be, and it, hopefully it is a sellout. Um, Suncorp, I'm assuming Friday night, full house, um, lots of people, and um, a great way to finish the, the the third game of the weekend. All right, so you're going the Broncos there. I've yeah. I've matched you with the Panthers. I think Parramatta are, are going to win. So, oh, sorry, you went the Rabbitohs, didn't you? So, I went Rabbitohs, uh, yeah. you went Para, and you've gone the Broncos. I've gone the Cowboys in that one. So we're currently uh, uh, on opposing sides in in two out of three. Right, Roosters v Warriors. So Roosters at Allianz Stadium. How do they get rid of the clunky tag? Yeah, I think the Roosters win. I think they definitely win. Maybe they under undervalued how good the Dolphins were going to be last week. It was their first game. They kicked off. They bought Brendan Smith. Um, you don't expect the Roosters to play bad two weeks in a row. Um, the Warriors, though, the Warriors do look fit. They look like they're better drilled. Um, I just don't know if they will have the calibre to get into an arm wrestle with the Roosters, who I think should be pretty shitty themselves. So the Roosters to win. Okay, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Roosters to beat... The Warriors, now the Dolphins. So we've got Wayne Bennett up against Ricky Stewart. It's a Saturday afternoon. It's a sellout at Redcliffe. The old Finns, they'll have the Finns going like crazy up there and, and the expectations are now all of a sudden super high after just one match. If they win, I think definitely the Dolphins. I think they're on, they're, they will be good enough to beat the Raiders. I thought the Raiders were extremely poor last week. I thought the Raiders trolled poor. Um, in their trial match as well. So, again, they had a little run of football where they scored some tries and got back into the contest. But you're right, they've got to live up to the hype now, the Dolphins. Wayne, Wayne's not coached probably about 700 games of football and has no idea what he's doing. So I'm pretty sure he'll be going, yeah, good job, boys. Um, we got up last week. His biggest challenge will be that they've got to repeat that this week. As you said, they're a smaller venue. They're at Redcliffe at the sellout. They'll have all the red shirts on. They'll have all the cheering going on. Um, 
I think they'll be good enough to beat um, the Raiders, and you know, and I think they they are pretty sure they do it pretty comfortably, actually. I've got the Dolphins as well, so two out of two for the Dolphins for me as well. Storm against the Bulldogs, so um, no Cam Munster, Tyron Wishart in the number six here. Uh, the Bulldogs were disappointing against Manly. What do they need to do to turn it around? It's going to be a monumental task, even without Munster, for the Storm at home to try and pull their pants down at home. Probably need to buy a halfback and a fullback, but that won't happen straight away for Canary. But um, we'll we will um, go Melbourne Storm. You know, too well drilled. Um, they won't beat themselves. I'll do. They'll have high completion rate. They'll, they'll have a good kicking game through Jerome Hughes, who's one of the best halves in the competition. Uh, they'll do their job. Uh, and what they'll do is they'll put pressure on Canterbury with kick pressure and inside pressure and all the all the really important one percent of things. So um, Canterbury a little bit poor last week. Um, they'll, uh, they'll be expected to bounce back, but I just think the Melbourne Storm are too professional at the moment for the, for the dogs to, to beat them. Okay, that's Saturday night. Then Sunday, so the first of the two games on Sunday, uh, the West Tigers v the Knights. So another big sellout. You reckon another big crowd at Leichhardt Oval. That's right, yeah. Back-to-back games at Leichhardt. Sell-out last Sunday night. They didn't get the victory. They obviously played a lot of football, but weren't able to, to win the game with a couple of defence deficiencies. But it'll, it'll be a sell-out again on Sunday, uh, Sunday uh, sorry, at Leichhardt. Um, big crowd. Um, hopefully they've learned a little bit about um, the style of footy they wanted to play. They've now put it into practice and actions in a competition match. I think they'll be a lot better for that appearance. Um, you think Appy will play probably a few more minutes this week, which will help the, the, the Tigers get the job done. Do you start him? You start happy? No, potentially, yeah. You know, he's been around for eight years or something and 10 years. He's won quality grand finals. I'm sure he knows how to get through a game of football, even though he's been a bit underdone with his calf. But they rested him last week and were a bit precautionary. So we'll see what happens on Sunday afternoon. Okay, we both agree on the Tigers there. And then the Dragons, our first look at them in season 2023 against the Titans. Yeah, well, again, it should be... A, a, if I'm a Dragons fan, I'm looking forward to playing this game. If I'm a player, I'm thinking, oh, wow, we had to buy first week, so we, we got to watch everyone else. We're on two points, and we've got a great chance to get two points again this week. So, yeah, the Titans, um, you know, the, I think they'll struggle a little bit until they've got to find a way of getting um, young Campbell into the side consistently. Somehow they've got to get Jaden into the team and, and make him a starting player. I just think he's a quality player. Um, you know, Fafita was great for him last week. Fafita's committed to the club going forward. Oh, I don't know. The Dragons were pretty, or well, they're not pretty poor. The Dragons were extremely poor in the charity shield. So I'll, I'll tip, I'll tip the Titans. I, I, I'm not sure who wins that one, but from Titans have played last week, so they've actually played a game of football over the last three weeks. So that's the only reason why I'm going to steer towards that way. Okay, I've got the Titans as well. So we agree on five. Uh, one, two, three, four, five matches that we agree on. Good on you, mate. Uh, nice to get your final say ahead of round two. Enjoy the call tonight. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, buddy. There's Noddy Brett Kamali with the final say every Thursday morning. Uh, Panthers v Rabbitohs. Our SEN coverage kicks off from 7 o'clock tonight. Joel Kane, Tim Manor and Noddy with the call from Blue Bet Stadium. Back after this. Our man, uh, Mr Quintessential on the text line says, uh, Morning, Matty. Not sure about writing a headline, but the winner, winner chicken dinner has to go to the CEO of Windscreens O'Brien. Uh, never has he had such free PR. Yes. Yeah, didn't think about that. Uh, the old crack in the windscreen comment. Nicely placed by Latrell <laughs> Mitchell. 0457 736 736. Remember, I've got a double pass to the supercars uh, up in Newcastle this weekend, the 500. Up there to start the season, if you'd like the double pass, you need to be the best caller of the day. You can cover any issue that you want. In fact, we started 
today, we opened the batting with some train talk. Um, and it was just get on and, and go for it and bleat. <laughs> so you can vent. You need to shout at somebody. Shout at me. Cop it all the time. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy plus our Chargrill Charlie's uh, vouchers. Thanks to Australia's best Chargrill chicken and chips. Are they coming in today, Maestro? Are we getting an offer? Are we getting a delivery? Tommy, Tommy's always ready for deliveries. So the, the key for us is not when the deliveries come in. I mean, we know the delivery is going to be here because they're rock solid. The key for us, me and you, Alex, is we're, we're in this studio. We've got this big glass window that looks out over the office. We see the Chargrill Charlies arrive. And by the time that we can finally get to an ad break or something, we also see the seagulls. Ah, ah, in they come. <laughs> Led by Tommy. Mm. Yeah. Um, who thinks he's a rooster, but he does a very good seagull impersonation. So the thing for us is try and get out there before. So, mm. folks, if all of a sudden we just stop talking mm. and there's dead air, that's why. Mm. We're stuffing our face. Chargrill Charlies. Um, <laughs> what a weekend of sports, uh, says Steve on the text line. The boss thought I was stuck at the screen last weekend because of the EPL, NRL, all games, F1 replay uh, of practice and qualify, main race Monday. Well, things don't get a, any better this weekend. NRL, EPL, supercars. Can't wait to see all the new cars hit the track. Plus, we have our son to watch in the New South Wales Rugby League competition. Have a great show. Um, nice work. Good one, Steve. Your book is full for the weekend. So who wins the weekend? Who garners the biggest headline out of the weekend? When we regroup on Monday morning, who are we talking about at 9 o'clock? Can you find a winner-winner chicken dinner for us across the uh, weekend? 0457 736 736. It is 7 minutes to 10 o'clock. On the text line, Dunny says uh, it was 2am fired. 2am Tommy. No, 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 he hasn't been fired. Um, but he's a big fan of yours, Maestro. Love the Maestro. And up the rabbits. Now, is there a way to get under Tom, Tommy's nose? Like, is is right there. A, was he fired? Mm. B, I love the Maestro. And C, up the rabbits. Talk about picking a fight. Hat trick. Hat trick. Well done, <laughs> Not out. Now, in the cricket, Sri Lanka uh, batting in this test match against New Zealand. And talk about a green top. Remember, was it last summer at the Gabba? where we didn't know where the pitch started and the outfield finished. Kind of like that. Uh, This one's in Christchurch uh, this morning. So they're underway and Sri Lanka are one for 27. They were sent in uh, by New Zealand who won the toss. So what's on the line in this one? Well, if Sri Lanka win this series against New Zealand and India lose the fourth test against Australia, then Sri Lanka um, can book themselves, if everything falls into plan, can book themselves a spot in the World Championship, uh, the World Test Championship final against Australia. Uh, a fair bit to follow on that. There appears to be no reason and no changes ahead for the Australian team ahead of this afternoon's start to the test. So Travis Head, Usman Khawaja uh, will open, Manus Labashain, Steve Smith, then Peter Hanscom, Cameron Green. Hasn't he just been critical at the back end? Alex Carey, Mitchell Stark. Todd Murphy, Nathan Lyon, and Matthew Kuhneman. Um, that appears to be the lineup as per program from the third test that Australia won. We've got plenty to talk about in our next hour. Uh, welcome back to the second hour of the program. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line number. Be the best caller today. I've got a double pass to send you to the Newcastle 500. 0457. 736-736 is the text line. And I've got uh, vouchers to Chargrill Charlie's 
to give away too for our best texters of the day. Home of Australia's best char-grilled chicken and chips. Uh, Kane, we're going to send you one. Morning, Matty. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Without a doubt, everyone will be talking about Latrell Mitchell on Monday. It's it's a good point. Um, I mean, he's going to dominate headlines anyway because he's Latrell Mitchell. But what happens across the weekend if Latrell shines uh, yet again off the back of his cracking the windscreen comments, then bingo. We'll probably still be talking about him on Monday, even though the game is tonight. So the winner, winner, chicken dinner of the week. Who wins the headline game? Who are we going to be talking about in the headlines when we regroup early next week? Keep them coming and I'll send you out a Char Grill Charlie's voucher. Tommy, one for Kane, if you can put that in the little black book. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Let's start this hour with your calls. Shane is on the line from Bronte. Morning, Shane. Thanks for tuning in. No problem, Matty. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm all fired up. There's a lot going on. Blake Ferguson, do you want to talk about that? Um, Matty, have you got workers' compensation? Yes, I do. Right. So the rugby league doesn't have that, which if I was a good bloke like him, um, Blake, I'd probably be on the line to your, your friends at Brighton to let them have a crack at it. Because honestly... Everyone you've spoken about, all these other occupations and everyone who's going to get really upset that the game owes him nothing and he owes the game everything are all workers who are covered by workers' compensation, which mm-hmm. means if they're injured in the act of their employment, they are covered. Rugby league doesn't have that because they won't pay for it and it's a sport. Mm. Okay, The whole 12-month rule, I think, is, is ridiculous, especially with the whole CTE stuff and a bunch of other things, which is why they're trying to cover themselves with the 12 months. Okay, 12 months and you're out. Yep. And, you know, the game owes you nothing. You owe the game everything for everything you've done. That is the most ridiculous argument I think I've ever heard. I think the game owes them everything because, granted, most of us would love to be a rugby league player but haven't got the talent, skill or the ability. Mm. Whereas these guys have done it, done it for years. And then after 12 months of the most brutal, and as we say, the most brutal gladiatorial sport that we know, are given 12 months to get everything fixed or then they're off. I don't know who it was. I think it was, oh, I, can't, I won't even quote it, because there was one of the players a while ago said, the first 12, I think it was Willie Mason actually, mm. the first 12 months of when you finish are a whirlwind. They're a blur. And then all of a sudden, that's it, you're done. So yeah. if you haven't got your teeth fixed, your jaw fixed, your knees fixed, your shoulders fixed, you're out. Um, yeah, I just think his, his argument, I think, is valid. I think it's extremely valid that... He, there is no other occupation. If I injure myself at work, I'm covered. Mm. Okay, not covered for forever, not covered for the next 12 months and then I'm out. But, you know, he's got proof. <laughs> he's got video proof. He's got evidence that it all happened during his working time. But look, yeah. Matty, I understand where you're coming from. No, no, no. The game obviously owes him nothing. So, Well, well, I, I just I, – there's a couple of things that I'll pose about that. And I hear what you're saying, Shane, and you make, you know, very, very good comments around it. So – um, regarding the argument about the occupation, yes, I, I 100% agree that rugby league and this contact sport that they play is completely different to almost everything that we do. And no, there's no workers' compensation for this game. However, there is a 12-month period that is in black and white when you sign up for this game. You, that's exactly what you do. And it's there in plain sight. Now, I totally agree also with the fact that um, what what you're saying that Willie Mason said because I can understand that as well. Twelve months after you finally finish from the game, you go, oh geez, my shoulder's crook and da 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 da. And I know plenty of players who have done that. 
Um, some of my best mates continue to have surgeries way, way, way down the track. I don't know if Blake Ferguson needed to t- uh, spend 12 months out of the game to realise that his nose was crooked. So I don't know. I don't know about that one. But but just let me say this, mate. Just let me say this. My, one of my biggest problems with how this has played out is this isn't an Instagram thing. This isn't a get on the Instagram and blame the game for being in this position. It, that's not fair on the game. We can argue whether or not the game owes him owes him everything or the, he owes the game something. But to me, this is not an Instagram argument. You don't go out on social media and try and take the game down for something that you're responsible for. He says, but no, I've been told because I went to Japan, I'm not eligible for the medical treatment to fix it. You haven't been told, Blake, that was in the rules of the regulations of the agreement that you signed. And if he didn't know that, that's his problem. And that's a bummer. I I agree with that. It's a pity. I'm not slamming Blake Ferguson, the person here, but I'm just saying that in this scenario... He knew what the rules were. If he didn't know what the rules were, that's his problem. That's not the game's problem. And I think the biggest sticking point in the current uh, CBA is this. Yep. And I think that's why this is coming out. Agree. The current CBA says we can, we can come back and say this is, needs to be fixed. And the game is saying no. Mm. So, uh, look, I, I know what this is. Uh, look, I, this is all a PR exercise. This is all advertising. This is all promotion of what they need to get done. But look, I think the game owes these guys. I'm not a football player. I'm not anything, right? But mm-hmm. the game owes them everything, not the other way around in terms of what they put themselves through every week. So, yeah, cool. look, I understand where you're coming from. It's been a great chat, Matty. Thank you. No, no, thank you for, for making the call, mate. I'm going to put you back to Tommy. Um, would definitely like to send you something out, Shane. I really appreciate that. And, and that's what I did post the question this morning. Just tell me, does the game, do you think, owe somebody like Blake Ferguson, anything, or, or does Blake Ferguson owe the game? And it's a, it's a bigger story around that. However, however, I, I really don't think that Insta, jumping on that on a Wednesday night, is your time to pick this argument. Now, that's what he did, and go for your life. It, that part of it doesn't resonate at all to me. And to say that the game is now telling you that you – not, you're not eligible for the medical treatment because it's been over 12 months. No, the game's not telling you that now. You signed up to that. That's, that's in the details. Do we have workers' compensation? I have workers' compensation, but I have to pay for it myself. I'm, I'm like plenty of our texters here. I'm a sole trader as well. So, yes, but I know what I'm signing up for. I know that if I fall down the stairs here, that's my, that's, I'm going to have to fight that. And if I'm not covered for that, nobody needs to tell me afterwards because I go and do my homework on it. So I can see the side of the player and the injuries that they get and what they put for the game, what they put their bodies through for the game. 100%, I can see that. But I think Blake, in this instance, has missed the mark. Uh, Spud from Ashfield. Um, now, we started, we started the show by talking about the train wreck, quite literally, that happened yesterday. Well, it didn't happen because there wasn't any trains. Um, what, was your, what was your situation, Spud? Uh, so, mate, I was making my way from St. Leonard's to Ashfield. I uh, jagged a bus to uh, from St. Leonard's to Central. I got to Central and there was about 5,000 people milling around outside. So I thought, all right, I'll go for a walk around the railway square and have a look, see if I can get a bus. And there was about 10,000 people there. So I thought... All right, what I'll do is I'll walk down Parramatta Road, hopefully it thins out a bit, and I'll jag a bus. So I 
set off down Parramatta Road, made about 100 metres to Bar Broadway, knocked up in the heat, and I thought, geez, I better have a schooner here. Yes, yes. So I, so I had a beer, and then I set off again. I made about as far as the lands down. I'm like, oh, geez, I better have another yeah, one. Another one, yeah. Hydration's so it important. It work. It was hot. Yeah. Um, so that happened again at Camperdown, Annandale, Petersham, Lewisham. So <laughs> by the time I got home that. By the time I got home to Ashfield, I was totally shinless and <laughs> feeling no no pain at all about the train kerfuffle. So it was yeah, it, was, it worked out all right in the end. Oh, mate, you got your steps up, you you maintained your hydration, you turned a bad situation into a positive. Um, you, Sparta, are a winner-winner chicken dinner. So I'll put you in the lineup for the best call of the day, but I'm going to send you back to Tommy and we'll send you out a voucher to Char Grilled Charlie's because the one thing missing there, I'm sure you did it along the way. I know that you were looking after the fluid intake, but I'm sure you, you ate responsibly as well uh, along the way. Nice call, mate. Great call. one three hundred oh one. 11.70. A quick one from Sharky on this issue uh, around rugby league, and including our headline maker of the weekend. Morning, Sharky. Anyway, mate, that bloke's trip home. They used to be my trip home from work every day back in the day. <laughs> who needs a train? Who needs a train kerfuffle, hey? Probably explains why I'm single. There you go. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, winner, 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 chicken dinner. Hopefully, Tim Zoo. Really hoping big time we can get that done. Yeah. Now on this Blake Ferguson thing. Mm-hmm. Um, is it, um, well, I, I broke my nose three times playing footy. One's bent and crooked and all smashed up. I don't get no compensation. I don't get nothing. I ain't got the money to pay for it. My club ain't paying for it. My insurance that I played for give me crap all. Um, doesn't he have an off-season every year to get his nose fixed where you get things done? Mm. Blake, you had every opportunity in all them off-seasons after you broke your nose to go in and get your nose operated on. You chose not to. Mate, bad luck. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Th- that's what a lot of people are saying, Sharky. Thank you, mate. Appreciate that call. I mean, it- it's hard. I-, I totally agree with the fact that it's hard for somebody like me to sit here and say because I've never played the game at that level. I broke my nose in footy, but I've never played the game at that level. So I don't see it from within that perspective. Um, the way that I see it from the outside looking in. And I, I and I, I know the response. I kind of knew the response that we we're going to get this morning, and I, I actually appreciate. Well, I really appreciate the call that we got there from Shane as well. That that sees it differently around who owes what in the game, and that's the whole part of this discussion. Uh, I'm not sitting here saying I'm right. I'm saying that it rankles me up the wrong way because of what you sign up for is what you what you're in for, and to throw it on out there as though this is the game's problem now. It's not. (laughs) It happened because of the game, but it's not the game's problem right now. It's generating some talk, generating some headlines. So you can dive in anytime you want. one 1170 We'll take a break. We've still got cricket to talk. Uh, We'll catch up with Anthony Caceres from Sydney FC this morning. Bryce McGain will join us. Chris Nelson has been on some good form lately. So we've got some money value bets, I think, ahead of the racing on the weekend, including the new market down 
uh, at Flemington. We'll do a Supercars preview for you. Thanks to Shell V Power. Fuel the race day feeling. Plenty more coming. And after this, we will catch up with Brisbane Broncos hooker Billy Walters. An all-Queensland affair tomorrow night. The Broncos face the Cowboys. Brisbane coming off that great one-point win against the defending premiers. On the line is Brisbane hooker Billy Walters, who joins us. Good morning, Billy. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Now, thanks for your time. A big one ahead, but let's just quickly touch on the one that you got away with or the one that you got done in round one. What's what's the team reaction been like after that one-point win? Yeah, well, we're pretty pumped. Um, you know, it's a big win for us, especially round one, to beat the defending premiers at home. Um, you'll be pretty happy with that, I, I think. But, um, yeah, watching back, I, I like you touched on there. I think we're probably a little bit lucky there at the end. We, we probably should have finished them off better than what we did and we kind of let them back in the game and they nearly stole it from us in the end. But um, it's a work in progress and hopefully we can take that form into the Cowboys. That old saying that defence is an attitude, and obviously the defence was there, so the attitude is there. Does that saying still ring true in training? Is that what's drilled into you guys? This this is our defence, and this shows where our attitude is. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's something we've really worked on in the off season. Um, you know, you look at the, the teams that have won the comps. You know, the last ten years have always been the best defensive team. So. Um, and I kind of felt that on the field there, you know, Panthers had a lot of ball on our line in that last 10, 15 minutes. But even when we made errors, we didn't seem to, to stress too much. We all knew that if we just kept working hard and had the right attitude and backed out of fence that we were going to hold them off. And um, we did in the end. And there's also got to be belief, doesn't there, Billy? I mean, regardless of, of, of what you're focusing on in the off season, there's got to be a belief to go to Penrith the most dominant team out of the last couple of years and take them down at home. So what was that messaging like outside of the tactical and strategic play? Yeah, I suppose um, it probably helped us in the end. St. Helens knocking them off the week before um, kind of showed they're, they're very beatable, especially now at home. Um, you know, they've, they've lost a few of their superstars, which happens when you win a couple comps in a row, I guess. But, um, yeah, we, you have to believe that you can beat every team in the NRL, otherwise there's no point in playing. And, um, you know, Kevy's pretty good at that, putting the passion in. He had Gordon Towers come in and talk to us um, on Captain's Run the day before, which kind of inspired a few boys, and, and myself included, to, um, you know, really go out there and give it back to Penrith. You know, they've been probably a bully team the last couple of years, um, and, you know, we had to go out there and give it back to them. So we're happy with it. Yeah, I was going to ask you what, what your old man was talking about, but now I'm interested in what Gordy's message was. Yeah, his message was pretty much um, just just how much the club meant to him and um, and how he based his career on. Um, he said he wasn't the most skillful or uh, the fastest or the fittest, but he he was just the most aggressive. And he just went out there and he and every week he just wanted to to tackle harder and run harder than his opposite number. And if he knew if he did that, that they were going to win. And you know he challenged us to do the same thing, and um, I felt like we did that. You played 36 games now in the in the top grade. The the old saying that you know you play 40 or you're 50, and that that's when that's when you really become the NRL player that feels comfortable in this league. Where are you at at the moment with your game? How comfortable do you feel out there? Yeah, like you said, I'm, I feel like I'm getting more comfortable every game. Um, mm. I feel like you know this is a big year for me. There's no more excuses. I played a full year last year um, with no injuries, and um, you know. Time's probably getting away from me now. I'm 29, so it's now and ever for me. So it's a big year for me to try and stamp my my mark, I guess, on the NRL and, um, yeah, try and nail down that, that hooking role that I feel like we've lacked last year. Did you guys walk away from beating Penrith and, and go, you know what, we're, we're the headline act here, and then all of a sudden the Dolphins 
deliver their win over the Roosters on the Sunday, you go, hang on a second, now they're grabbing all the headlines. So it's funny how it's playing out. The Brisbane Dolphins rivalry is is kind of started without even any prompting. Yeah. Um, I don't really like the Roosters or the Dolphins, but I think I was kind of half cheering for the Roosters that day. But, um, you know, after the result happened, I guess, uh, you know, I was happy for them. It's, it's tough when there's a lot of pressure on you. I mean, we felt the same pressure going into round one and uh, I know how, how happy they would have been to get that win against the Roosters and uh, probably takes a bit of uh, pressure off us to have to beat them on, on round four. I guess if we got there and they hadn't won a game yet, there would have been a lot of a lot of pressure on us to beat them. So I yeah. uh, hope that makes it a bit easier now. <laughs> yeah, good point. Really good point. Talk to me then about your spine, the rest of your spine. We know we've got Reese Walsh uh, in the number one jumper. He's going to be a massive in for this weekend. Ezra Mam and, of course, Adam Reynolds, your skipper. So what, what's the spine club like uh, for you this week? Yeah, um, well, it's the kind of spine that we've practiced with all preseason. Um, unfortunately, Walsh got an injury before round one and he couldn't play and I knew he was he was filthy. He's been dying to play for the Broncos and, and get out there and, and rip into the year this year. So um, he's been he's been training really well and I'm really keen to see how he goes. He's, he's so skillful. Um, I didn't play with him when he was at the Broncos beforehand and um, I didn't really get to see, but this, this off-season I've just seen how skillful he is and how he can just create something out of nothing. So I'm, I'm hopefully he can do a bit of that this weekend. Then you've got the opposition. So talk to me about the, the plan for the Cowboys. Uh, the plan, I don't know. I guess we'll probably run harder and tackle harder than we <laughs> worked last week, I guess. But, um, yeah, they're a great team. You know, um, <clears throat> I, I thought they were, going to win by, they were going to win by 50 when I was watching their game uh, in the first half. And then Canberra kind of clawed back into it. So it um, should be a good game. I think it's nearly a sellout at Suncorp. Um, they pulled our pants down last year. Uh, hopefully, well, I know they won't be able to do that again this year. And, uh, hopefully we can get one back on them because they beat us. Oh, well, they, they pumped us both times last year we played them. So hopefully it's time to get one back on them. Yeah, you know that Chad Townsend's going to be out there up at Townsville at training, knocking away field goal after field goal because that's how it panned out for them too in round one, 19-18 over the Raiders. How much work does Renault put into field goal practice and, and coming down to that one-point situation? Yeah, he puts um, a lot of practice in all of his game. Um, he's pretty good at his kicking game. He prides himself on that. He, he rates himself as uh, the best kicker in the NRL. So he's a, he's always there after training. And if it's not kicking goals or practicing his long kicks or his bombs, he's um, he's hitting field goals. So um, hopefully we won't need a field goal, though. Hopefully we've been in by a couple of tries this week. But uh, if we do, uh, back Reno to kick one. Good on you, Billy. Thanks for your time this morning. Have a great weekend. Thank you, mate. Go Bronx. Billy Walters joining us there. Uh, first time I've spoken to Billy. Um, that's He is a good kid. Well, good kid. Good chat. Um, and they're in a good spot. So let's see how that one pays out. Uh, plays out, rather. 0457 736 736. Now, on the text line, obviously plenty of thoughts around this Blake Ferguson call. I mean, a stack of text messages here. So we'll clear some time in our next half hour or so and get to those. Uh, the Winner Winner Headline Act. Uh, g'day, Matty. Great show. Thank you for that, Botany Danny. Uh, my headline is Steve Smith will score 158 in T20 style in front of uh, 100,000 this afternoon. The Bradman of our era. Um, thank you for that. So we're looking for headlines. We're going to do Tommy's Tribune a little bit later on. So we're looking for the Headline Act and the Winner Winner Chicken Dinner um, for Char Grill Charlie's. We've got a whole stack of vouchers to give away. So... We'll put you into that scenario there, Botany Danny. Pommy Rabbito says, a bit off topic, but I was out walking my dog last night and bumped into Desi Hasler. I'd always um, liked his character 
from what I'd seen on TV, but he was such a nice fellow. It was a pleasure to chat to him. Nice one. Good on you, Pony, Pommy Rabbito. Thank you for sending uh, that in. Really appreciate it. And that's the kind of text that we like to hear. We can go any which way you want on this program. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the open line. Uh, we did say earlier regarding the headline act out of the weekend, who, who absorbs the headline? Like I said to Billy just there, you know, Bronx, you'd be going, whoo-hoo, here we go. Back page, thanks. Make it the front page. We just knocked off the defending two-time premiers. Dolphins, get everything. Um, I'll tell you who's making some headlines again. Tiger Woods. Uh, not playing in the Players' Championship, but is making the gossipy headlines again. Always worry when I see a story out of the New York Post, but that's the one that's happening. Michelle Bishop touched on this earlier in the Brecky show with uh, Vossi and Brandy, but it's got to do with an ex-girlfriend and there's all sorts of stuff going on. So we might dig about into that a little bit deeper um, a little bit later on. Gossip, gossip, gossip. Uh, the Berkeley Eagle. Matty, no idea what a nose job costs, uh, but what has Blake done with, I'm assuming, the money that he's earned over his career? Go and visit Medicare like the rest, and they may pay half, says the Berkeley Eagle. Thank you. Time for the news with Vanessa. Sugar has the call for that one with Timmy Manor and Noddy as well. So SEN League coming your way later on tonight, live here on the SEN Network. Don't forget about Bryden's Lawyers. Your verdict. Pick one NRL winner each week for your chance to win $2,500 sensurvivor.com.au is the address. Sydney FC midfielder Anthony Caceres will join us in this half hour. An interesting one. They'll face Wellington, who are one spot above them on the ladder at Eden Park in Auckland on Sunday afternoon. It's 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 coming down to crunch time, isn't it? It's coming down to the crunch at the back end of the season. And then um, next weekend, the 18th of March, will be Sydney FC versus the Western Sydney Wanderers. So the local one, uh, and they're second on the table, and that'll be at Allianz Stadium. Football is here with $40 family passes available to the Isuzu Ute A-League men. T's and C's apply. 0457 736 736. Shane says, Matty, I'm not a Broncos supporter, but was impressed by the Billy Walters interview and also liked the way... That he plays. Yeah, it was very impressive. Very, very easy to chat um, to Billy, and I appreciate his time. Paramat says, can we send the Pommy Rabbitoh back out tonight to walk his dog again? Uh, I don't know if Pommy Rabbitoh was walking his dog, but he said that Desi was walking his dog. I'll go and find that text again. Um, seriously, there are that many texts coming in. It's hard to get a hold of him. Uh, but basically, Paramat wants him to send, wants him to go back out tonight, find Desi, bump into Desi again. Um, ask him what he's doing these days and if he'd like a job here at SEN. Um, we, we, Paramount, we can ask the first part because I'm not sure that Pommy Rabideau is um, officially uh, entitled to do recruitment. He's not part of the recruitment division here at SEN. Uh, Matty, with all these fines for misdemeanours uh, over the years... Oh, yeah, that's from John about Blake Ferguson. Look, we, we don't have to get personal and silly on this on this whole thing. Um, yeah, it was Pommy Rabbitoh walking his dog. Um, but I, I am interested in your thoughts around this. And and I knew that a lot of people would say, well, hang on a second. In my occupation, it doesn't work like this. But I, I have, I'm a firm believer and I've said it consistently and I'll continue to say it. I absolutely agree that an NRL footballer's employment is very, very different to the rest of us. Very different. Um just by it doesn't mean that it's more important, less important. It's just very different. And there are physical ramifications to what you do as an NRL footballer. And yes, you help the game grow. I understand all that. 
There's also, I think, an element of how much does the game owe me or do I owe it? Um, I think that plays into this one. But I tell you what I'm, I'm absolutely not convinced about is social media being used as a platform in this to take a swipe at the game for an agreement and a condition that you played under. Now, if you don't know those conditions, that's your fault and your management's fault. It's as simple as that. It's just that flat out simple. Take the name out of it, take the club out of it, take the headlines out of it, take the 249 games out of it, the four um, NRL teams winning a grand final, the seven games for the Kangaroos, all the stuff that Blake Ferguson listed there as part of his resume on the statement, take all that out of it. If you don't know the rules, it's your problem. It ain't the games. That's my take on it. A couple of those text uh, text messages, so I'll get through these, but I'm also aware and trying to be respectful here of the person um, in all of this. Matty, um, is this not the whole reason the CBA has not been finalised? I think Fergie has every right to get medical assistance if he needs it, says Matt. So thank you for that, Matt. Um, and, and I think that there's a right to do that as well. But if that right's expired, if that right's expired, you've got an issue with that, there are avenues to go down. I don't know if Insta's that avenue. Um, but yes, is this not the whole reason the CBA has not been finalised? Now, we know that it hasn't been finalised. We're hearing possibly that this is, you know, one of the sticking points. I, we don't really know where that's at. Are there 10 on the table? Not sure, but this one does appear to be on the table. And it's something that is is quite clearly... Um, an issue. The timing of this sort of little outburst from an ex-player um, who's been left behind or thinks that he's been left behind in this scenario is is interesting. Matty, as I understand it, workers' compensation wouldn't apply to NRL players as they are tec- uh, technically not employed by the clubs or the NRL, uh, as they are not viewed as POYG employees, but contractors. They sign short-term contracts, so should have their own insurance, including workers' comp and private health, like a large percentage of the population, um, and then going into the 15-year career and the money that has been earned. Um, Bulldog Bob says, pay for it yourself, basically. Um, that's Look, for 12 months, you don't have to, right? Now, that'll probably change under the new CBA. And if anything, this has highlighted that um, if this is what players want, then push for it. Bloody hell, get in there and, and push for it. But for 12 months after Blake Ferguson, in this instance, retired, he had the ability to have coverage there. However, he went overseas. And then she's null and void after that. It's a pretty simple process, isn't it? It, it's it's pretty, pretty simple. So you can go knock on as many doors as you want. But you know what? Sorry, folks. Doors closed on that issue. Move on. Uh, Matty, out of my crew of mates in our 50s, two were NRL players, three tradies, and about six executives. The two that are the most affected mobility health-wise throughout their jobs, the electrician and the landscaper, says Brett. Um, thank you. For that, uh, what are you talking about, Matty? You, the media, take a swipe at the game nearly every day. Uh, so why is it no good for the players to do that? Fair point, Smithy. Yep, fair fair point. I, I can't argue with, with that one. Um, 
Tony says, was this uh, Pommy Rabbitoh's dog doing his doggy business on Brookie Oval? <laughs> and that's where he found um, Desi. It's a little bit of an issue, but, hey, it's a, it's a public park. No problem about that. Uh, Maddie. no one owes anyone. A transaction happened. Blake played under a contract. He got paid under that contract. End of story. Transaction complete. The only way someone would be owed is if the contract was in breach uh, either way, knowingly or not. Um, thank you for that. 0457 736 736. So we've got uh, the winner-winner chicken dinner of the week. I want to know who garners all the headlines. And therefore, we have to roll that into the headlines that 2AM Tommy's going to put out there for the Tribune today. Sri Lanka are one for 80 in their test against New Zealand, a test that they will have to win. In fact, they'll have to win both of them. Uh, So this match underway already in Christchurch over there. The Kiwis uh, won the toss and sent Sri Lanka into bat. So one for 80 in the 20th over uh, Tim Southey with one for 24. What is he two away from taking over Daniel Vittori all time? on the New Zealand wicket-takers list. So he's one away from equaling and two away. You think that he'd get this done or get that done in uh, this match or definitely this series. So we'll keep you updated with that. And Bryce McGain will join us to talk the India v Australia test over there in Ahmedabad in front of 132,000 people. Crunch time in the A-League this weekend. A highlight fifth v sixth on the ladder with Sydney FC. Currently in six and they have Wellington at Eden Park on Sunday afternoon. Anthony Caceres from Sydney FC joins us on the line. Morning, Anthony. Morning, guys. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for your time. Have you ever played at Eden Park before? I'm pretty sure I have once mm. back in the day when I was at the Mariners. Um yeah, but not too often, not too, not too often at all. From memory, it's a good venue, um, and I think, you know, last time they played there, they had a decent crowd, so, yeah, it looks, you know, like a good setup for a good game. Yeah, it is a great, it's a great venue, but it's funny, isn't it? You're playing Wellington in the middle of Auckland, but I guess none of that really yeah. matters for you because it is crunch time. I mean, we're, we're getting to the back end of yep. the season here, and just tell me how much of that desire is from within to to punch your way up the ladder to put it, your destiny back in your hands. Yeah, well, you know, firstly we we come off last season not having made finals, and so we need to redeem ourselves for where we finished last year. Um, that was that's the first goal uh, I think for a club like Sydney. A minimum requirement is to make the finals. Um, you know, any year that we don't, or any year that we don't compete for silverware is considered a failure. Um, you know, motivation is extremely high. We've been on a good run recently. We picked up uh, good results against tough teams and that can only feed our confidence and desire for uh, more wins to get more points on, on the board. So we go to Auckland uh, confident, enthusiastic, but also aware of the threats that they do have and we need to be alert and on our toes because it's going to be a tough game. How much time do you actually spend talking about the ladder? I mean, at the end of the day, that's going to guide, like you say, whether you make the finals or not. But you don't want your focus on something outside of week to week, do you? So what's the balance in in, in the discussions around that? Yeah, collectively, we don't discuss it too much. Uh, it's not something we really talk about as a team. But, um, you know, once you're in smaller groups, you kind of do reflect on, on where you're at on the ladder and start discussing the possibilities Um you know, it's, I guess, you need to take games, uh, you know, one by one at this point. Um, after our slow start, we had to kind of reflect and look at 
the things we're doing right and wrong, and I think we've we've done that. Um, we approach games a lot differently now. Uh, we're a lot more confident after a good run of results, and you know we've got to just live in the moment, I suppose, and not try to predict what could happen in the future. Um, we believe that if we perform to our standards, then destiny is in our own hands, and we can uh, finish in a really good spot on the ladder. You found the net against Melbourne Victory, second goal of the season. What was the takeaway mostly from that win? Yeah, uh, you know, obviously I'm very pleased to have scored that goal um, in a big blue, no less. It means a lot to, to the team and to the fans to win those games, and we did, which was very satisfying. Um, you know, in terms of the game, I feel that it wasn't the prettiest game, especially in the second half. We struggled to hold on to the ball, but in saying that, we got the goal we needed, and after that it was about, you know, holding on to the lead and seeing the result out, which we defended really well. Um, everyone was on board collectively to defend uh, stubbornly and keep victory away from our goal, and we did that. Um, and, you know, this time of year, it's important not to concede goals and keep clean sheets. So overall, extremely pleased with uh, the performance, but more so the result. The life of a footballer, Anthony, is on the road, isn't it? That That's your job. Um, so you're used to jumping on planes, you're used to jumping on buses. When you head over to New Zealand for the weekend, who's the one person you don't want to be sitting next to on the flight? <laughs> um, <laughs> a bit of a stitch up here, man. <laughs> nah, look, I, <laughs> look, I'll tell you who I do want to sit next to. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, yeah that's well played, well my, played. One of, yeah, <laughs> one of my best mates, Retray or Bratzy, um, you know, people that uh, tend to hang out with often. Yeah. There's not too many I want to avoid, to tell you the truth. We have a really good group. Um, if you get reeled in by Robbie Stanton, our assistant, he'll be talking to you about set pieces for a few hours. <laughs> so, you know, some boys are, aren't too keen on that, um, but he's got a lot to offer. So, yeah, there's not too many people you'd avoid, but there's definitely preferences, put it that way. Does anyone wear that, that little neck pillow? Like, is anyone like the real daggy traveller? No, you got um, Hewitt Bell, who's a bit hesitant on planes. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, I think if someone, you know, used something like that, the boys will let them know, like, <laughs> what are you doing? You know what I mean? They'll pull them up straight away. Um, but, yeah, no, nah, we've got a good groove. We have a good laugh. So, you know, these trips are made easier when you have that. Yeah. Who's Who then raids customs on the way in or the way back? Oh, Duty-free shopping. Oh, who knows, eh? Um, <laughs> Well, look, now that I've got a family, I might have to, you know, uh, pop in and see what I can grab. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a couple of birthdays coming up, so that's, that's nice. actually a good show. Thanks yeah, for nice. That, mate, the old Toblerone, um, the, the world's biggest Toblerone chocolate bars, they're, they're the ones yeah. to go. Hey, listen, wrong, hey. Yeah, yeah, just, honestly, when in doubt. just before I let you go, so obviously it is it is a big one this, week, this weekend, but then you've got a, a massive one again next weekend, and it's at Allianz Stadium. So I guess regardless of what happens over there in Welling, uh, over there in Auckland against Wellington, that discussion will turn pretty quickly to your matchup against the Wanderers currently second. Yeah, no doubt. That's a massive game. Um, you know, we beat them on their ground last time, and so they're going to want payback for that. Um, but we've got, we have a lot to defend at our ground. Uh, we, we didn't beat them there the first time around. And we're going to look to rectify that with a good win and a good performance. Obviously, they're sitting above us, but within touching distance. So, you know, if we get a result away to Wellington, that sets that game up 
nicely um, will be breathing down their neck. So we'll take it game by game, but there's always an eye on the derby, I suppose. Um, yeah, very keen for that one, and I'm sure the boys will be up to it. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your time this morning. Best of luck over there in Auckland. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Welcome back to the program. Okay, a couple of text messages uh, before we head to our next news break with Vanessa. Phil says, morning, Maddie. It was an awesome first round of Super Rugby the week before the NRL started. Just wondering why you don't give it a little more uh, attention. Good point, Phil. Thank you. We'll put that in the book. Um, we normally try and cover absolutely everything, and uh, we do quite a lot of regular rugby union talk. We have been wound up, I reckon, in the world of NRL test cricket the lot, but you make a, a good point. The Waratahs have the Rebels tomorrow night. Um, just looking, so it's Brumbies v Reds. That's on Saturday evening as well, and the Force will have Moana Pacifica uh, on Saturday night. Well, it's late our time in Sydney. Uh, the Chiefs, the Hurricanes, the Brumbies unbeaten after the first two rounds of the competition, and then we've got... Um, Waratahs one and one, are they? Yeah, Waratahs are one and one. Thank you, Phil, but noted. Uh, but Phil says, forget all of that. F1 and IndyCar kicked off last week. Speed series the week before, and now it's time to fire up the supercars. Yes, yes, the Newcastle 500 coming our way. Um, we'll run you through what's going to happen up there a little bit later on. Matty, the point Blake Ferguson is making is the current situation is inadequate. If I'm injured at work and problems continue beyond 12 months, I'm covered. The reason for that is workers before me fought to make that happen, for which I'm grateful. Blake is doing the same, says Damon. Thank you, Damon. Um, if, if Look, my, my take on that is, and, and you make a good point, Damon, but my take on that is if, if Blake Ferguson thinks the current situation is inadequate, say the current situation is inadequate. Um, I think there's ways of doing things and there's platforms and... Uh, the right kind of platforms to use it and to jump on Insta to say, well, hang on a second, I broke my nose eight times and it's, the game should fix it is not my way of saying the current situation is inadequate. Um, thank you, Damon. Uh, appreciate that. Matty, if they want medical care forever, they need to put it in the CBA, but then the salary cap and player payments would be lower. That's the fair way to do it. Perhaps that's exactly what they're trying to work out at the moment. Um, thank you for that text. 0457 736 736. Bryce McGain will join us to talk cricket. The Australians taking on India again in the fourth test uh, starting this afternoon. The move by New Zealand to send Sri Lanka into bat in their first test over in Christchurch isn't going down too well. Mendes not out 68. Dimuth is not out 32. Sri Lanka have dropped a wicket, but they're one for 114 at scoring at just under five and over. So a bit of basball in reverse. Back after this. Welcome back. Final hour of the program. We'll get to cricket with Bryce McGain uh, very soon. Australia v India, the fourth test. Our broadcast here on SEN is from 2.30 this afternoon, uh, Eastern Daylight Saving Time. So 2.30 local time for our Sydney listeners, and it's available on the SEN app. So it's a great coverage, ball by ball, live from Ahmedabad. I think the the atmosphere is just going to be off the charts. I've got to say... A little bit bigger than the Marsh Cup final last night, which I caught the very end of. Um, and, oh boy, atmosphere, atmosphere, <laughs> atmosphere. Um, 132,000 is the capacity over there. One of the interesting things is which pitch they're going to play on. Now, normally you'd walk out and go that one, as in the one in the middle. But they had two in operation, and it was quite weird. And I was reading 
uh, just over the last day that by the time the Aussies had left training, they actually still didn't know what pitch was going to be in operation. So training on the Tuesday, um, their time, they're like, well, hang on a second, what pitch? Because there was one that was um, black and dry and the other one that was red and sort of clay um, and looked a bit green as well. So they had two hanging there in operation. Steve Smith was quoted as saying, where was I think it was on ESPN, Crick Info. Um, I can't remember being unsure two days out which pitch I'd be playing on. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to Bryce McGain in just a sec. An open line call, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Jeremy from West Pennant Hills on the line to talk. The Parramatta Eels and Mitchell Moses. Still the deal's not done yet, Jeremy. Yeah, look, it's not. Uh, not too fast. You know, it'll all work out. What What my concern is this, is that everyone's beaten it up in the media that that's the reason why Parra have struggled. If, if you look at it, last year... Um, from this grand final, they had eight players front up last week um, to play the Storm that were in the final 17. So there's obviously a lot of new combinations. Also, as well, if you have a look at our run over the first five weeks, it's just very suitable that everyone's turning around and blaming this on, on yeah, Mitchell Moses signing. At the end of the day, I don't think it's got anything to do with that. I think it's a situation that we're developing combinations. We've got probably a very, very tough run the first few weeks. Um, yeah, I just mm. think it's another situation that the media is uh, eating eating their own sort of game, if that sort of makes sense. <laughs> well, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but let me just let me ask you this: Do you, I, I don't, I don't, I don't recall anyone jumping up and down saying Para is struggling because of the Mitchell Moses scenario. I mean, lost the opening game and could have gone either way. I think people are questioning whether or not this is playing on Mitchell Moses's um, ability to perform and perform at that level. Yeah, I get that. What I probably would say then is this: is that Mitchell Moses, if, if you want to talk in, in that sort of things, is, is probably struggling a little bit more with working out his combinations with yep. uh, a new hooker. Um, you know, obviously, you know, totally new second row. Um, you know, new locks, so on and so forth. Probably struggling a little bit more with that yeah. than, than, oh, gee, I haven't signed my deal. He knows he's fine until end of next year. Like, yes. In reality, like he's got a, a player cause for next year. I, I don't really think it's, it's got as much to do with it as, as what people are harping on about. Yeah. Um, and in regards to um, um, Blake uh, Ferguson, I, I think... You know what? NRL probably missed a bit of a trick if he's contacted them and said, "Hey, look, you know what? I want to get my nose fixed." He's still playing out in the country. He's, you know, obviously getting new fans to to like the game. You know, kids that are going to watch him play out in the country. Um, you know, I don't see why they wouldn't have just turned around and said, "Yeah, mate, look, we'll do it. Just don't make a song uh, song and dance about it." Yeah. You know, there's, there's no, you know, negative media for. Um, the NRL. Yep. No, you make some really good points. Good call, Jeremy. I appreciate that, mate. Thank you for that. Um, uh, yeah. Look, let's go back to that Parramatta situation there. It, it's funny how a discussion, and we do it here. I'm not saying we don't, but it's funny how a discussion can just whoo, out she goes, branches out. It's kind of like the Wayne Bennett one. Everybody said we wouldn't win a game. No, they didn't. No, 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 no. 
No. I, I, in fact, in all the discussion leading up to the Dolphins, I didn't hear one person. And 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 we speak a lot, folks. <laughs> we either we either sit here and talk to each other on the phone. We talk to each other via the text messages. We have a whole office full of experts. We call matches. I mean, believe me, I didn't hear one person say the Dolphins are going to go through without getting a win. But Wayne Bennett did in his own head and put it out there. And all of a sudden that becomes a bit of a, a thing, right? So I haven't heard anybody say Parramatta is struggling because of this situation with the uh, deal that's in front of Mitchell Moses and his manager. I've heard people question whether or not it could be a distraction. We post it right here on whether it could be a distraction for Mitchell Moses. So it, it's funny how we, we hear things and we, we send them off. And then perhaps Jeremy's right. Perhaps the NRL has missed a bit of a trick here or perhaps Blake Ferguson has missed a bit of a trick here. Perhaps if he did want that nose fixed and went, you know what, I took off, I needed to make some more money, I needed to get myself sorted, I, I went overseas, I did all that. I understand it's 12 months, but hey, look at me. I, I, you know, I'm a former player and I'm all bashed up and pick up the phone and go, can somebody help me out here? That, he's got every right to do that. No problem with that whatsoever. However... Let's just go a little bit further on the Instagram post. So I've, I've read out to you the 15 years and 249 games and all that kind of stuff, breaking my nose over eight times, you think they would fix it. No, I don't. I mean, I just don't. So we can debate that one till the cows come up. Then he goes on. What's the go? Dead set person struggles to sleep at night and puts bums on seats for you and you just want to throw a person to the curb once they are retired. Absolute joke. So that's a little bit different to uh, NRL, former player here, done my best for 15 years, represented my state, represented my country, won grand finals, done all that kind of stuff. Yeah, my dramas, all, all that business. But look at me, I'm busted up. Hey, can you give me a hand here? That's a fair bit different to what's the go, dead set. Person struggles to sleep at night. I put my bums, you, because of me, bums are on seats. And you just want to throw me to the curb? Absolute joke. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not in the management role here, but guess what? I'm thinking the phone is not going to be picked up anytime soon if it rings at NRL headquarters with one Blake Ferguson at the other end now asking for assistance. Full stop. That's the way that it's going to play out from now on. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Let me know. Uh, your thoughts around that. Let's move on to cricket. Looking forward to this one this afternoon. We're also tracking uh, New Zealand versus Sri Lanka, just the one wicket down in that in that test match. Um, talking about wickets, which one are we going to use? Bryce McGain is on the line. So, Bryce, what happens in a Matabat? Have, have they sorted out which pitch they're going to use out there, the, the dark, soily one or the red, greeny one? I'm not sure. We'll have to wait to see which... Uh which one they actually stick the stumps into and uh, we'll wait with bated breath. But uh, look, there's a few options that the Indians have had. I, look, I think this one will want to hold together a bit more. They've uh, slipped up on their own banana peel uh, in the third test. And uh, I, I would expect this one to be a much better batting surface. It will spin. There's no question. Um, it does play into the, the Indians' hands. It is their strength. Um, so we'll do that. But I don't think it'll be quite as baked as uh, the previous test. Yeah, we had a good discussion last time. We, we chatted about the state of the the pitch in indoor and, and the uh, umpires had their say as well, and they've been effectively put on notice. 
I also read this morning, so we've had three three-day tests, and this if this finishes the way that the others have finished, it would be the fewest amount of balls bowled in a four-match series, which has got to be no good for the game. So at what stage, mate, does the ICC say, hang on a second, folks, this is wrapping up a little bit too quickly? Yeah, the game's in fast-forward. We've seen that many, many times. Uh, sometimes that's got to do with... Uh, <laughs> the the Australian tail getting knocked over, but yes. sometimes it's just the, the conditions and so forth. So, look, I, I don't think it's great for the game. Um, I'm not saying it's not interesting. I'm not saying it's absolutely riveting for cricket, but it, it, it's not right that to play on these surfaces, which are so deteriorated before a ball's even been bowled, um, it, it is not great. It does need to go a, a lot further than what it has done. So remarkable. I didn't realise it was going to be a series, a four-test series is going to have the least number of balls bowled if it's mm. something similar. Look, that, that, that'd be a real shame. The ICC does need to um, become involved. That's their whole role in this as referees and match, match referees and the governing body of all cricket. Um, they certainly need to be stepping into the situation now and uh, and doing something about it though that has its challenges, as we all know, because really the BCCI is the centre of cricket in the world and uh, they tend to do things as they wish. <laughs> which is, hey, which is what we've seen with the Indian Prime Minister who's got 85,000 seats reserved under his name in a 132,000-seat stadium. So <laughs> yeah, just on that... Just close friends and family, yes, Maddie, that's it, what he's got. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I said to Gilly, we had Gilly on the program yesterday, I said, you know, did you ever get to a stage where, you, you, you know, you, you would have been through this in your career? Hey, mate, can I come and watch? Have you got a pass for me? Can I get, you know, I've got my brother coming, <laughs> da 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 have you ever been asked, hey, mate, I've got a 80-odd thousand of my mates coming. Can you just <laughs> can you go and get a couple yeah. of landings imagine, for me? Imagine trying to write out the letter, the, the envelopes so they sit at the gate <laughs> ready for the tickets. It's going to take him a fortnight to get that right. Yeah. Look, on, on that, I mean, it, it, it's super important. I mean, the Indian Prime Minister's this, this is his backyard. They've named the stadium after him. It is super important for India to win in that scenario anyway. But there is more on the line here because they've got to ensure that they win this and they've got to make sure that Sri Lanka doesn't win over there in New Zealand to ensure that they're in that World Test Championship final. So even though the series essentially, the the trophy for the Border Gavaskar um, series is gone, there's still a, a heck of a lot to play for for India. Yeah, there is a bit on the line. And as you mentioned before, Sri Lanka are one for 120. So they're going okay. Um, obviously ahead of us for a few hours in, in the time zone. So they're doing well in that uh, that first test uh, at Christchurch against New Zealand. So they've started pretty well. So they're on the right foot to do their job <laughs> and spoil the party for India. And I have no doubt there's a pretty uh, competitive Australian uh, test group over there that would want to be doing exactly the same um, in, in really foreign and challenging conditions. I can't imagine what it's like to play in front of 130,000 fans uh, all uh, on one side. It's going to be incredibly difficult for the Australians, but they've got a lot of confidence up. They've improved each and every week that they've spent longer in India, and uh, I think they'll be really well prepared. I think the spin bowling attack with the three spinners is balanced beautifully. Um, Dan Vittori is doing a wonderful job as that assistant coach, um, 
And I think strategically, Australia have just adapted really well. So it, India are going to have their work cut out and the expectation and pressure is probably all on them. Mm. So they take the momentum, the Aussies, from that last test win, which was extraordinary. You know where this sits in the scheme of things. I mean, to win a test in India at the moment is nigh on impossible and they've achieved that. So they've got the upper hand going into this one. They're going to take an unchanged lineup, you think, into it as well. However, we've seen that a half an hour here or an hour there can change the fortunes in an instant. So how do you reckon they address that? With all the experienced players, especially that they've got, what does Andrew McDonald and Steve Smith and the leadership group go? How do we, as these experienced test cricketers, make sure that there isn't a half hour dip here somewhere across these three, possibly four days? Yeah, and I think they, they've showed the, the incredibly resilient signs of doing that in that third test. Now, those moments uh, and those definable moments in the game were the periods where a Pete Hanscom came in and didn't score a lot of runs, but he denied the Indian spinners from ripping through that middle and lower order. He denied them. Now, I know there were some commentators, um, some Australian commentary that we heard uh, with a big hat uh, that wears it in the commentary. It was really upset that he wasn't scoring. But what he did was deny the Indians and hold things back and control things and settle it down for Australia. The air went out of the momentum that India had and then it swung back in favour of Australia. Then they were able to accumulate runs. Not quite as attacking, not quite as flamboyant as we're used to, but they're the type of things that Australia have put into play that stop that. Now, look, we know that um, it is liable for collapse, but that's what Pete Hanscom brings in that middle order. And I thought it was fantastic. Cameron Green did exactly the same in the return for him, a really tall player that changes the length. So uh, Hanscom's able to go back. Their partnership was a, a team partnership in that Cameron Green can reach out a long way, big stretch, change the length of the bowlers. Um, Hanscom plays a different way. So it was putting pressure back on the bowlers to execute perfectly for each batter. And that's a challenge. So things like that, they're just one example of a little moment that Australia is showing that they've learnt enormous amounts about it, despite the fact that the, the noise around it was pretty negative. It was incredibly good in that test. The other part, I think, was Steve Smith and his captaincy yes. and the way he strategically did things. He didn't sit and wait and wait and they go through 10 overs of trying the same plan. He would move things in the middle of an over two and three times to change the batter's thinking because he's thinking like a batter. He's putting his mind into what the Indian batsmen are trying to do to counteract the plans. So he's changing it and making them rethink and challenge them. And it works so beautifully well. There, there are so many good signs of how Australia have learnt so rapidly in this period of time. It, it is, it's quite amazing to see all that on show now. And I think it's a whole combination of everybody doing that. It's the coaching staff, it's the players executing and understanding how to do that. And they're really well planned. Mm. I, I think they're, they're, they're just about, and I, you know, I hope people are feeling really buoyant about this, but I think they go into this as favourites. And, um, you know, I know that they're not they're not showing that. No bookies doing that because it's India, it's their backyard and all that sort of stuff. But the way that this team have adapted, this whole squad over there, has been quite remarkable and the signs are really positive. Yeah, I'd agree. It really is, in many ways, the ultimate test in test cricket. And they've shown their hand in the third one and this one's going to be a beauty. Good on you, Bryce. Uh, sit back, relax, enjoy. Enjoy the New Zealand-Sri Lanka test as well and uh, we'll catch up again soon.
I'm going to be all over it, Matty. Enjoy your afternoon. <laughs> you too. Bryce McGain there. So Australia v India, the fourth test SEN broadcast starts this afternoon from 2.30 uh, Eastern Daylight Time on the SEN app. Let's hear from Steve Smith. Adam Collins from our SEN team caught up with the skipper of the Australian side uh, for the last test and for this test again in the absence of Paddy Cummins. I think for us, um, you know, we every test match is important for us and we want to continue learning and getting better in these conditions as well. And, you know, I think we've made some good strides as the series has gone on. Um, thought we played really well last week and you know, there's not too many touring sides that come here and win two test matches. So, you know, that's a, a big goal for this team. Uh, obviously, the start of the series didn't go to plan, losing the first two games, but... You know, there's a lot in it for India as well. If they win, they can secure a spot um, and not have to rely on other results. So, you know, we want to make that difficult, uh, as difficult as possible for them. And uh, we want to end the series on a high. Steve Smith there. Yeah, full coverage this afternoon. It's 21 and a half minutes past 11. So the Supercars 2023 Championship uh, begins this weekend. So they'll hit the track uh, tomorrow. And then, of course, racing Across the weekend, thanks to Shell V-Power Fuel, the race day feeling the Supercars 2023 Repco Championship. So the 500, it's a, it's a great event, this one. I was there when we first started in Newcastle back in 2017. Um, it was remarkable how they pieced it together. The track is an absolute beauty. It weaves its way up through the city on the eastern end of the city and then it comes around uh, across the beachfront and then dives back in down through the harbour front. I mean, it really is absolutely spectacular. We saw some cracking first up events there. Remember what happened in 2017 where Scotty McLaughlin was on track to win his first championship and it all came unstuck in the most dramatic race I reckon I've ever seen. The way that it panned out there, he ended up um, contact with Craig Lowndes. Jamie Winkup ended up winning the title. It was just amazing how it played out. And then in 2018, it was all going on again. And this time it was Shane Van Gisbergen um, trying to st- uh, stop Scotty McLaughlin. Well, it played out that Van Gisbergen got a post-race penalty and um, Scotty ends up winning his first title up there. Then we raced again in 2019. Van Gisbergen and Wing Cup, the winners on that weekend, haven't raced since at the Newcastle 500. So this is the first time around and the first time for these new next generation Gen 3 cars. The Ford Mustang, the Chevy Camaro it is going to be something pretty special. The flames are back. The sound is back. These cars um, look, sound, and race awesome. So I want to draw your attention to the schedule. Now, if you're going to tune in, make sure you're with us on Sunday from midday. Um, but if you're going to watch this across the weekend, they'll practice tomorrow. So practice will get underway uh, tomorrow up there in Newey, and we'll have the first of, what, three practice sessions for the supercar. So we'll get a good taste. We'll get a good taste. Somebody will hit the wall. You can be pretty much guaranteed of that. Half past 11 on Saturday morning, though, is the one to watch. That's where you need to be first up because that'll be the first qualifying session of the season. 20 minutes, flat out, it'll lead towards the shootout. So the first qualifying session... Early Saturday morning is the one where you're going to get the real answers, folks. You want to know what's going to happen across the weekend? Long season, you don't know. That's when everything's in trim. And they're looking for the proper pace. So we'll determine that. It's a session that you cannot miss. Shane Van Gisbergen is the favourite for the Newcastle 500. We don't do round winners anymore. We do race winners. 
Um, and he will start favourite probably for both of those races, assuming he makes it through Saturday. Chaz Mostert, Cameron Waters, Will Davison, Anton Di Pasquale, according to the bookies, are up there. And I tend to agree with pretty much the way that they're going. But again, reserve all your all your thoughts. Jump in your camp. No problems about that. Back your favourite driver. But reserve all your thoughts until Saturday morning when we know what's going to happen at the back end of qualifying. Cannot wait for that one. And live coverage of the Supercars Sunday right here on SEN. So our Supercars team's been assembled. Aaron Noonan, James Moffat will be part of the picture in pit lane. Access to all of the drivers. It is Supercars done differently right here on SEN Radio. 0457 736 736. Now we've got Tommy's Tribune coming up. So winner, winner, chicken dinner of the week. That's where the headlines are going. Who wins the headlines and what are those headlines off the back of this week? Think of all the sport that's in front of us from footy to test cricket to boxing. Uh, We've got soccer, supercars. We've got players championship in the golf. Who wins the headlines? And Tommy, for the best ones, will give you a voucher to go to Char Grill Charlie's, the home of Australia's best Char Grilled Chicken and Chips. Let's talk racing as we always do on a Thursday morning, looking ahead to the weekend. On the line, SEN track analyst Chris Nelson joins us. Morning, Chris. Morning, Matty. Let's uh, start down at uh, Flemington for the weekend. Another massive one here. The new market is race seven, $1.5 million over 1,200 metres and some very, very classy horses in this big field. Yeah, uh, the likes of uh, Private Eye and, uh, and Mizzou resume from breaks. Will be very hard to beat, but uh, I'm with the Peter Moody runner, and, and look, the ruling favourite. Uh, I wish I win, and you can't not be with him. He was so good first up in the Lightning uh, here at Flemington back on the 18th of February, ran second to Cool and Gatter. He was out the back early. He was still out the back probably with about 300 metres to go. Then he unwound a big finishing burst, and he went down by less than half a length on that occasion. That was a thousand. This is 1,200 metres. This is uh, his right trip. I wish I win. He's got very good form last preparation. He did win second up. And he won first up as well. Then he ran, went on to run a couple of other good races. Of course, he won the Golden Eagle with $10 million before the break. So I think he'll be too strong for them late. I think the price available is a decent enough price, and I'm firmly with him. So I wish I win to win the new market. All righty. Let's take a look at Rose Hill. So, uh, gee, it's been hot in Sydney, mate, for the for the entire week, in fact. So it's, it's going to be hard running out there at Rose Hill for... Uh, the Coolmore, which will be race eight, the Coolmore Classic. But let's start with race number four here. Yeah, race number four is uh, is the Magic Knight. Now, we've got two very important uh, final lead-ups to the Golden Slipper. I'm with number six here, Steel City for Marin Eustace. Now, two good runs and then went around in the Blue Diamond and sat behind the leader on the fence. I think everyone that was on Steel City was pretty happy with themselves until they got to the straight and realised they weren't going to get a clear crack. And uh, the filly just never got out at any stage. So she's gone to the line completely untested. She's been beaten three and a half lengths. She's drawn gate one again. So let's just all join an inside gate again. So hoping there's not uh, a repeat of what happened in the Blue Diamond. But uh, I'm pretty confident uh, Regan Bayless will be able to get some room in the straight. And this time around, I think Steel City is the one to beat. I mean, if you, as I said, you take out that last run, which was unlucky, the two seconds behind Red Resistance and Learning to Fly, a very, very good recommendation for this race. And the other one there, well fancied, Blunt de Blanc up the top, has drawn a horror gate for J-Max. So I'm with Steel City, race four, number six. Race four, number six. Let's move along to race five then. Just nine runners in the field here for the next. 
Yeah, there's a couple here that have trialled quite well. Athelric and uh, Clemenceau. Now, Athelric's uh, trained by James Cummings. Clemenceau's uh, from the Hawks camp. Now, they ran around in the same trial here recently at Rose Hill. Athelric won the trial. Clemenceau ran close up, beaten less than a length. I just thought Athelric, even though the other one's got the better first up record, the fact that Athelric had a lot more in the tank in that trial and seemed to do it a lot easier... Just leans me its way. Also, J-Mac's taken the ride on Athelric and it's drawn the better gate than the other one. So, let's say, looking first glance, as you say, the other one's a better horse, Clemenceau, first up. But take those in, those uh, factors into account. I have to be with Athelric. So, race five, number two. Race five, number two. The Coolmore Classic is uh, race eight. It's worth $600,000. It's over the 1500 There's a couple of horses in here that you, you've you tipped us towards over the last year or so. She's a belter, jumps out of me, number 10, but um, out in double figures at the moment. There's only a couple at this early stage in single figures, and the money appears to be heading towards Ana Visto by the time we get there on Saturday. You've nailed it, Matty. You've nailed it again. You're too good. <laughs> She's a belter. You know me very well. Uh, we love this horse. She's so good. She did the right thing for us last preparation. And she's had the two runs back in, and she really caught the eye at the latest run. That was in the surround stakes over 1,400 metres. Uh, she wasn't the best to jump, and she ended up at the back of the field. If you look at the video, she was still a long way back, halfway down the straight, and she only really got moving late, and her closing sectionals were very, very strong. She gets the extra 100 metres on Saturday, uh, Willie Pike will stick on her. Now, drawing a decent gate, I don't think there's anyone in the world who will see her as far back this time around. I think she'll be around midfield, and we know she can finish her races off. So, uh, you know, $14, $15, I'm more than happy to stick with her on an each-way basis. So let's hope she's a belter. You can do it for us once again. All righty. I'm with you on that one. Let's go to Eagle Farm. Can you tell me what on earth's going on at race seven? 2,406 metres. This, this right. what did they did they just push the barriers and just leave them there and go all right two four oh six seems all right let's just call it that, that that's that time on a distance yeah. two thousand four hundred and six meters oh, it's all to do with movable rails unfortunately I'd love it if they just left the rail in the same spot but that's a story for another day not not uh, not normally the sort of race I'd want to get involved in but. Appeals here, well, one of the appeals here is number five, two smoking barrels. Now, it has one here at Eagle Farm over this distance. Might have been 2,400 that day, but it was around this range and one convincingly by over four lengths. Now, a horse that uh, seems to be building to something. The last few runs have been good. The latest was uh, a strong finishing effort behind Taffy's Lad. They meet again. Uh, Taffy's Lad meets uh, two smoking barrels, two and a half kilos worse off for the weights, and the defeat was only a length or so. So... I think two smoking barrels can turn the table, uh, turn the tables on Tappy's Lad on Saturday. So around four dollars or so. Race seven, number five, two smoking barrels. All right, we're backing race seven, number five to go the extra six meters better than any other horse in the, in the field. I would have loved to have seen your form guide on that. Okay, uh, here's the horses that go twenty four hundred well, but who does the yeah. who does the extra six? Uh, <laughs> that's our tip there. All right, race nine then. So the last race of the day at Eagle Farm. Yeah, I can't believe the price on this one. Race nine, number eight, GBS, is around twenty-six dollars for the win, and uh, most of the uh, most of the outlets. Uh, GBS, if you have a look at the last start run, it was an absolute cracker. Got back in the field, didn't get a lot of room in the straight, was still able to just edge forward and make a little bit of ground, and then that last little bit went fully in the clear. Really attacked the line strongly. That was twelve hundred up to fourteen hundred meters on the bigger track. 
Yeah, this is a slightly harder race, but I'm more than prepared to take the chance and have something small each way, GBS, at those very lucrative odds. So race nine, number eight, will round us out, hopefully on a big note, GBS. Good on you, mate. Have a great weekend ahead. You too. Thanks, Matty. Independent, trustworthy and dazzling. Time now for Tommy's Tribune. It is. It's dazzling. By the way, our Supercars preview was thanks to Shell V-Power feeling the racing with the Shell V-Power racing team. Look out for them. They'll be up the front yet again. All right, Tommy, winner, winner, chicken dinner time. Uh, You've managed to roll two segments and a giveaway into one. Extraordinary, extraordinary. So thanks to Chargrill Charlie's, we've got vouchers to give away. And what we're asking this morning for our winner, winner, chicken dinner Thursday was basically doing your job for you. Who wins the headlines? Essentially, yeah. Mm. Thank you, listeners, for doing my job. <laughs> Makes my world a lot easier. Uh, so how many vouchers you got left? Uh, we've got a couple. We've yeah, got a couple. I don't want to put an exact number on, but we've got a fair okay. few to give away. We've got a few. And our best caller of the day, we've still got, what, 15 minutes to determine that one. Goes to Newcastle for the supercars. Goes to Newcastle. Double pass to go to the supercars, Newcastle. I reckon Frank, first caller of the day, mm. the I reckon he's in the front seat. I agree. Don't you He's reckon? in the driver's seat? He's in the driver's seat. See what you did? See what you did? Righto. Tommy's Tribune. So we're looking for who wins the headline. Yeah, essentially. So we're actually, this is Seinfeldish. We're actually about to do a headline about who wins a headline. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want me to quickly give away my headlines yes. for the weekend? So I've got three in the NRL. Um, we go to Blue Bet Stadium tonight for the first one. Cracked, but still smacked. So Latrell Mitchell calling out the Penrith Panthers saying there's a few cracks in the wind, in the windshield or the windscreen, but I'm saying cracked but still smacked. I think mm. Penrith win, and I think they win big 13 plus. I think they make I think they make a statement at home. A lot of people saying, oh, you know, Abby Coruscant lost, Billyami Kikau lost. Latrell has a little snipe at them. I think they come out, they win by 13 plus. The Penny Panthers. That's good. Uh, Saturday that night, good. Saturday night, Amy Park. Dogs wish art a win, not wishing on, but wish art a win. No Cameron Munster. Maybe no Xavier Coates. Tyron Wishart's going to be playing 5-8. Oh. I think the Canterbury Banks and Bulldogs win in Melbourne for their first of this season. Okay. <laughs> and my last one, it's a bit, uh, it's chaotic Clemmer. David Clemmer for the Tigers at Leichhardt Oval against his old team. Didn't leave on the greatest terms, Matty. Remember, mm. there was all that stuff. He had a little, you know, trouse with the trainer last the trainer, year. He was yeah. a player's player. Didn't end on, on great terms. So I think he stands up and he's going to be the player of the match. He's going to lead the Tigers to a, to a win over Newcastle on, on Sunday Arbo. Oh, okay. Well, you got three out of three from the Maestro. Yeah, thank you, Maestro. I mean, I didn't second even get to vote. Borderline. Yeah, second, second one wasn't one was great. Really I agree. Borderline. Dogs wish art a I, win. I think you dived in too early on the on the tick of approval uh, on that one. So nothing around the Dolphins. Nothing around the I, Finns. Well, I try to, yes. Well, I'm, you know what? I'm still a bit sour after they beat my Roosters on Sunday. So I need a bit of breathing space. It's got, how I many rounds have we got this year? 27. 27. 27. We got 27 different ways that we have to try and come up with the word Finns. But also, oh, but if they make the final, if they make the grand final, then 31 weeks of that. I don't think that's going to happen, but, you know, Ooh. anything can happen. Okay. Uh, let's go through some of these uh, from our man Pommy Rabideau, who's been out uh, stalking Desi Hasler. Cowboys can't hold the bucking Broncos. Yeah, tick. I like it. That's that's nice. Um, Kings go back to back. Kings win back to back games. Simple to lead but the final series. Simple but effective. Okay, so actually Tim actually clarified that one. So he said Kings go back to back, but then said a clarification: Kings win. Uh, Kings win back to back games to lead the final series. But, but then they'll go back to back. In the titles, yeah. So that's like a, without even knowing it. It's a double tick. That's a double tick, mm. um, which means 
Tim's got a pass. Tim's got a, a voucher. Okay, sweet. Um, okay, our man the Pearl likes to throw in a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can read that one. I said this one. Which pitch stitch up Aussies miffed over uh, Modi mystery? Yeah, we'll give it. That, yeah. That's good. The other two I reckon I'll steer clear of for reasons that may put us in front of uh, your honour. Um, headline of the week after the Storm v Bulldogs game, the headline might be Masterclass by Wonder Kid after Carl Oluwapu makes surprise debut for the Dogs. Is he named in the 21? So this is the kid that they signed. They yeah. they paid a $500,000 transfer fee he's to in. the Bris- He's in the 21? Yeah. Wow. Okay, that would be amazing Ooh. if he gets a debut yes. on Saturday night. Yeah, Number we'll give it a tick then. Tick, absolutely. Yeah. Number, yeah, he's on the band. Wow. I'd, love to, on the I'd love to see him play, and if he can, you know, Partner in the halves with Matty Burden, that'd be amazing. Headline Friday paper, heads up as Smith wins toss and head scores unbeaten century. Tick, says Stu from Canola. We, we haven't had an Aussie um, get a century yet for this series. I think it can happen in this fourth test. You're, you're tipping a century. Oh, yeah. From from an Australian batter, it will if, happen. If, they were, if they're playing on the kind of pitch that they're playing on in Christchurch, I'd say yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to play on the kind of pitch that they almost played on the other week. Fourth time's a charm, as they say, Matty. <laughs> is it? Yeah, I think it is. Isn't it third? No, I don't know. I think it's sure? four. Was Rome built in a day or a night, Josh? <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> Overnight. <laughs> um, hopefully the headlines will read, Aussie Tim proves too good for former world champ uh, Detroit Harrison. Big tick. Ben of Coogee. Go Timmy Zoo. That one. Uh, and on that Maddie Sporting headline this week, son of a gun zoo shocks the That's world, better. winning who uh, WBO title says Nick, not Big who tick. title, WBO title. Nice, nice. I think I like it a lot. I think we've managed to find ourselves some um, some Char Grill Charlie's voucher winners. Can I quickly go through my tips for the weekend? Oh yes, yes. So let's, let's see how we let's see how we match up here. Okay, tonight Panthers v Rabbitohs. I've already said it. I think Panthers win thirteen plus. Yeah, I think Panthers win. I don't know about the thirteen plus. Eels v Sharks. I mean, I think pressure is on the Eels because I don't think a lot of people are expecting the Sharks, especially without until they get Nico Hines back. It's a big ask for them, so I'm going Parramatta. Yep, I'm with you on that one. Uh, Ooh, this is tough. This okay. is very, very tough in Suncorp. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm still going to go to the Cowboys though. Mm. Yeah, I'm going the Cowboys as well. I think the Broncos um, look the goods this year. But I, I just lean towards the Cowboys. I, I like what they've been up to over the last couple of seasons in particular. Um, Noddy's gone for the Dolphins. I've gone for the Dolphins. Well, you, Manny, you skipped the game of the round. Oh, you skipped yeah. the game of the round. Yeah. Is that on purpose? No. Sydney Roosters v. The Warriors Saturday afternoon at Allianz Stadium. I will be there. Hopefully the boys put in a great performance. Seeing I will be there. Um, Roosters, come on. Come on, Roosters. And Trent Robinson. We need to sort out that bench, Robbo. Sort out the bench, please, and we'll win. Okay. Roosters. Yep. Uh, I'm with you on that one. Dolphins or Raiders? I'm going the Cinderella story marches on. I'm going the Dolphins. Oh, it keeps going. Okay. Storm v. Bulldogs. I already said Bulldogs, so I've got to go Bulldogs. Tigers and Newcastle Knights. Tigers. Tigers. That's one that I'm... It's you a know, flip of the one, coin. Yep. There's one every week, I reckon, There's, and that's my... Flipper, that one. Uh, see what I did with the Dolphins? Very no. nice. Uh, Dragons v Titans then to finish it off. So it's a tough ask for the Gold Coast to come to play in Sydney in successive in consecutive weeks. If Kieran Foran doesn't play, I'm going Dragons. If he does play, I'm going Titans. I don't think he'll play, so I'm going Dragons. 
You're going Dragons. I'm so going you're Dragons. with uh, no Noddy ended up going Titans. Okay, because I, I don't think Kieran Foran plays, and if that if he doesn't play, AJ Brimson goes into six. Cam, Campbell goes back to one. I think AJ Brimson is a lot better as a fullback. So for that reason, I think Dragons get a win in their first game of the season. Okay, and Manly have the bye. Uh, Dolphins win by a fin in Golden Point, says Jake. That's that Dol- is. What about Dolphins win at the fin? At the fin? Well, it's like the finish, but it's also the fin. Ah, at the yeah. fin-ish. Yeah. Yeah, I thought you were renaming old KO Stadium no. up there. It's going to be a sellout. Uh, nice work. Panthers clearly too good. Um, yeah, we, you know what? I think we need to retire the Cleary. I can see clearly kind of that one. Yeah. It's, it's had it, it, mate. You it's were had the, it. one of the biggest proponents of I it. Know, but I know, but I think it's had its run. I think it's yeah. time to, to hang it up. Retire it. Same uh, with same with the pain in the heart thing. Yeah, it's gone. It's I done. think that is the greatest abomination perpetuated on Tommy's Tribune. What that we can't use the clearly <laughs> clearly thing. No, no, no. That that headline itself. I think you're right. It's time to retire it. Uh, thank you for your time this morning. Thanks for being part of the show. It's been an incredibly interactive show, so we really appreciate it. Frank, uh, you were the first to call early this morning. I hope you've managed to stay tuned. Um, because you really set the platform. So you're our best caller of the day, and we're going to send you a double pass to the Newcastle 500 for the Supercars opening round of 2023. So thank you. I mean, we were talking trains on a sports show, but that's what we do. We just open up everything. This is your place to come and join us. Jimmy Smith is heading your way next. Adrian Prasenko will join him. So too, Spud Carroll. So make sure you stay tuned. And don't forget this afternoon on the SEN app from 230 Coverage of the fourth test, Australia v India with the first ball, uh, first ball to be bowled at three o'clock. There you go. That's it for the week. Uh, morning Glory with Matty Johns and the crew coming your way. And we'll be back first thing on Monday morning with the roundup. Have a great day, everybody.